Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast here on the 11th of July, 2017. We have survived Independence Day, the day of explosives and barbecue. Holy shit. We do shit. every time. I have never lived in an area where it felt more like maybe those were bombs. Like I was surrounded by houses where people were on their roofs shooting off very illegal fireworks. And I was like, have you never what? lived in the where city before? Live? Um, I've never, never, I've never lived in the ghetto before. <laughs> you missed it out. It got That's real. most fun. That's most fun. It got so real. I was like, maybe I, you know what? I think I'm just going to enjoy it. I think I'm just going to grab some wine, go outside and enjoy the show. So walked outside. I, I walked outside. A firework went off that was so loud. I almost shit myself. And I was like, never mind. <laughs> Back inside. <laughs> I'm pretty sure fireworks are illegal in the state, but they're not in South Carolina. So everyone just drives like 20 minutes that way gets all their fireworks from the millions of stores that are literally on the border there that says, hey, come buy fireworks, and just brings them back. And there's so many of them. Nobody cares. Like, no, yeah. I, don't, I don't think anyone's been arrested for it or anything. It just. Um, I think they're illegal in Washington, but they're very legal in Oregon. So uh, we always have people who come over to Oregon to buy them. Yeah. I actually um, lived in, I lived in Kansas because that's where I was raised. And it was illegal in the city, but outside the city, you could shoot them off. And so you could go buy them and shoot them off. Well, my parents live next to my grandparents and my parents were in the city, but my grandparents were in the country. What? Yeah. And it they was were like, like right on the border. <laughs> yeah, they were right on the border. So we were shooting them off at my mom's house. And then uh, the cops started pulling up. So we ran over to my grandpa's house and started shooting them off again. And they couldn't do anything about it because technically it wasn't in the city limits. That seems like a lapse Genius. in, I don't know, social judgment. Yeah. Something, something's wrong there. I don't know. Kansas. Uh, of all it. of the many laws this country does have, the fireworks laws are some of the stupidest and most inconsistent. They're, they're yeah. just like really, and nobody Like the cares. weed laws, man. Yeah. <laughs> don't let them bring you down, yeah, man. man. <laughs> How come you fireworks can go to war weed. before you Big can drink, man? man. I mean, Don't tell me what I can smoke and set off, yes. man. Explosives Jeez. and drugs. That what could go wrong? Yeah, maybe. maybe I believe there's actually things. a government agency about that. Explosives and drugs. <laughs> yeah. Wrong. Wrong. Incorrect. No. Not no explosives nope. and drugs. Nope. Can I make a Can I make a new CSI show about that? CSI explosives, explosives and drugs. And drugs. <laughs> yeah, I'd watch the hell out of that. <laughs> hell so yeah. would I. I was like, those are our two sole priorities. Any other crime, <laughs> even ones we come across, we ignore completely. It's like, sir, he was just murdered. Was it explosive or drugs? Yes. Neither. No, I no. don't care. This is not our. This <laughs> That's is out of my jurisdiction. Not our purview. <laughs> and then he walks away, and an explosion happens, but he doesn't look back. <laughs> the explosion happens oh, yeah. behind him. Yeah, perfect. We just made oh, a brand new series. You guys got it all wrong. <laughs> all wrong. He's that's when he, he lifts up the sunglasses and he's like, That's when I guess I need to blow this joint. And then he, oh, <laughs> God, it's a double pun, it's the rare double pun. 
Jesus. Now that's Love a show. It. What is going on, Hollywood? Call us. <laughs> we'll do it. Oh, man. Today's episode of the Co-Optional Podcast is brought to you by Audible, an Amazon <gasps> company. Check out audible.com slash cynical for your free audiobook. We'll be giving you some recommendations from our library of audiobooks a little bit later on the show because everybody knows we have impeccable literary taste. Mine comes from my mother-in-law, so you know that's going to be some Nepotism! <laughs> Nepotism, you say? <laughs> yep, oh, yep, yep. my. So what's up, guys? Sure. Yeah. How's that life? Great, great question. Good. <laughs> How's uh, games? Uh, games. Games. We've been doing the game. Good. The game yep. thing. Have we Stopping been doing soul. the games? Yeah, that's been happening. Games have been happening, and of course, our special guest today is Pocket. One of the, one of the show. One of the longest running streamers of any sort, I think. I mean, you were around yeah. with Justin before Twitch was Twitch. Yeah, at least on Twitch. I know that people like Tally got me beat by years, but mm. uh, yeah, I've been on. I've been on Twitch since Justin TV. So been around a long time that's where everyone always says like why do you get a global emote and i'm like because there wasn't anyone around then really yeah <laughs> but awesome. um yeah i'm excited to to be here so thank you for having me what what yes jesse no, look look okay. look look Pocket... i was gonna say these two have fought before <laughs> no no pocket's wonderful pocket's great i just got Starbucks, so I'm feeling great. Is what I'm. <laughs> oh, is that what that look, was? Yeah, yeah. And it, 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 look, that smile. I'm gonna say it was for you, and I'm gonna say I'm so proud of you having worked so hard to make it in the Twitch game. But really, it was for Starbucks. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but oh, just you man. know, take what you want out of it. I wish you would let me know that there was there was a lackey Starbucks run going. Mm. I so, would like some Starbucks. Actually, I guess I'll just drink my water. Uh, I have what's yeah, left no. of it out of the fridge, and that's about it. I have a Lacroix or whatever. Oh, Lacroix! Oh hey, my God! Lacroix boy. So can I tell you that this past weekend at uh, Indie PopCon, I was introduced by Satchel, by my my good friend Satchel, uh, to a song called Lacroix Boy, and then I sent it's it to daughter, and I'm just gonna say pocket. I'm gonna send it to you during our break. Lacroix Boy is. <laughs> Phenomenal. The Croy boy. It's a man basically boy. like getting hosed down with LaCroix and like wearing a LaCroix jacket and like what, being LaCroix? sexy with LaCroix. It he is, has a choker that says LaCroix boy on it. It's so funny. It's it good, might be the best musical video I've ever seen in my life. No, I'm no just, but what I'm is LaCroix? Hmm? Uh, I don't shitty, know what LaCroix is. Sparkling water. Like, oh. No, okay. Yeah, it's not. Oh, come on, man. I love it. I only like the lime. It's the only one I like. I got into, I, I drank uh, vodka sodas, and then I decided to drop the vodka and just drink the soda. Mm -hmm. So now I just hey. drink, uh, drink this. I don't know. I, it's a weird like way to get into it, but now I just drink that. And that I really sounds like, like uh, the, what used to be my drink of choice at uni, which was vodka, lime, and soda. Uh, just <laughs> uh, basically seltzer water, uh, lime cordial, and a uh, shot, shot or two of vodka. It's nice, clean. It's clean drink. It's good. I like it. <laughs> Refreshing. And yes. it's hot in Texas, so. Absolutely. <laughs> I like, Dude, I like yeah. It. What's, what's like... the temperature in Texas right now? It's been in the hundreds on and off, like getting up to 100. It hasn't been like crazy like some places where it's 110. But uh, like 4th of July, it got up to 100 and I was sitting outside for like six hours. And the next day I felt sick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It sounds oh, no. like heat stroke. <laughs> It was bad. Yeah, it was really it's bad. Been, it's been like low 90s here, and that's too much for me. 
No, I can handle low 90s. Anything low 90s to like 70s, I can handle. But once it starts hitting 95, that's when I stay inside usually. It's just easier. Oh, you lot have been having a lovely time. We have had, <laughs> not only have we definitely got over 100 Fahrenheit multiple times over the last week, we, we've had a random heat lightning and out of nowhere, giant time out, time storms. Out. What is time heat out. lightning? Time out. Heat what the lightning. fuck is heat lightning? Oh, like heat storms. Yeah. Yeah. What? The, what? There's no. It'll be, no. It'll be hot yes. And it'll, no. It'll just lightning everywhere. It yeah. won't. And it, it won't thunder. And it'll be it'll everywhere. Just and it'll just. What? It won't stop. It is That's constant not... lightning. No rain. No it storm. Just lightning. No. 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 What? Like the people, fuck? This is like when people That's said, "Have you ever shit. heard of, of thunder snow?" And I was like, <laughs> "What the fuck is thunder snow?" It's I'm, a thing. You don't. It's over, guys. Guys, it's over. Have you it's, go to it's Kansas? Over. Kansas has heat lightning all the time. It'll just it's be over. like billowing clouds of lightning, and it won't be just like the in the clouds lightning. It'll be the ones that shoot down. I'm, I'm trying to find you a good video of an example I'm Googling of it. heat lightning. Heat lightning. For, remember the, for years when scientists were like, we're at the tipping point, people. We have to watch ourselves or else we'll, it's over. We're I think we're beyond it. Heat lightning? Thunder snow, we're fucked. It's exactly. over. I'm looking, it's I'm over. looking at the videos and it's like, oh, incredible heat lines. I'll be like, dude, this is pansy Dumb. stuff compared to what we just got over the last week. Like, I went outside on the back it's deck over. and because I I noticed like, this this looks a bit odd. You know, I had the blinds closed, <laughs> but I was noticing all this light coming from outside. And I was like, I don't hear thunder. I walk out <laughs> there and I look in the sky and it's just constant lightning Yeah. for like an hour. Um, it's apparently also called silent lightning, which I think yes. is scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty terrifying because I, I used to have to drive home in it 45 minutes and it would just be lightning all around you. And some of it would be like really close to you while you're driving. And I would just be like, okay, please don't hit me. Just don't hit me. Just don't, don't just don't hit the car and we're good. Yep. And just talking to myself. Cause it's pretty terrifying when you're like, I don't see any rain. I don't hear any thunder. I just see lightning everywhere. Yeah. We, we get that Good very, uh, during summer in NC, we get that a lot. That's, that's very common. And anyone who hasn't seen it and hasn't been here before is absolutely terrified by it. It's like, what the fuck is that? It's like, oh, it's fine. It's, don't <laughs> it's worry. Not it's not, that's not fine. It's, it's all right. It's, it's not That is incredibly unfine. It is really not fun at all for people who are flying into Charlotte International during one of those. I bet. I have flown in during one of those, and I assumed that I. It's like do, you already will updated. Yeah, I already hate flying. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just just. This is it. We're done. Like I'm not. I'm not going to survive this. We're all going to die. Was my thoughts at the time. Right. It's, it's okay. goodbye world. Yeah. Goodbye world. I guess. Yeah. I guess we can't complain, dudes. We like are in a place where earthquakes are more common than rain. That's true. We're like, you'll get over it. It's just the ground shaking. Yeah. yeah. Like, Don't worry. Fine. Don't worry about it. It's okay. One day, yeah. one day the plates will separate and we'll all be consumed by the earth. It's fine. Oh, don't worry about it. It's <laughs> just a little shake. Yeah, we have not had a problem with rain lately. I will tell you that for a fact. Uh, when, I went. I finally got to see Wonder Woman, which I enjoy quite a lot. Yo. And it was good. During the show, there was this sudden, strange, ambient noise. Uh, and I'm like, what's, what's that? Is that part of the soundtrack? The theme song. No. I was like, yeah. no, it was, it was the fact that we just got hit by a giant out-of-nowhere rainstorm that was so heavy that it made the ceiling of the theater sound like it was caving in. Mm. And then after yeah. about 20, 10 minutes, it just stopped. <laughs> so like, yeah, 
yep, you are you are very that silly. Right. Silly weather, and I don't like you very much. And why did I move here? Has anybody else seen Spider Man yet? No, not yet. No, yeah. uh, it's I great. did this weekend it's and fantastic. You know yeah. who stood out for me as a star that I was not expecting because I have no idea who she is, but apparently she's popular with the kids. Zendaya. Zendaya. Yeah, I was man. Like, me she's too. Hilarious. I was like, she is my favorite fucking character <laughs> right? in this movie. Oh, the funny one, the funny like emo girl. Yeah, yeah, I she liked killed her it. A lot. She was really I good. Was, she came out of nowhere for me, and I was like, "Yo, that girl's talented as fuck." I was yes. like, "All right, nailed it." I no. thought for a for a Spider Man movie where Peter Parker is actually like in high school, um, the comedy was perfect okay. and i thought was, that it was like yeah. a that's legitimately what, what funny movie out of a spider-man yeah. movie you know you'd have to have yeah. that sense of humor in there like, mm-hmm. my favorite's still probably spider-man 2 but i haven't seen the new one yet that's the argument we had is whether spider-man 2 was better than this one or not mm-hmm. which i think it bodes well for this one and the fact that like it's it, it discounts every other spider-man conversation movie. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah i will say to me it immediately felt like everyone got in a boardroom after the last two spider-man movies and we're like okay everything we did in those Let's do the opposite. The exact <laughs> polar opposite. Those Good. really sucked. Yeah. How do we fix this? Yeah. So what it you're telling good. me is it, it's better than Jurassic Park, but not better than Jurassic World, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 a fan that, it's a fantastic. That's gonna movie. be a common theme because of how many people were extremely angry at me for that saying so that funny. last week. Jurassic- so that's Look. gonna happen again. <laughs> Oh, I man. think that for me, it was one of those like, I actually enjoyed this m- more than most of the Marvel movies. I think the only one I really enjoyed more than this was Iron Man 1. Like, mm. I just didn't really, I mm. enjoyed them. I found them entertaining, but this one I just liked overall. And I think, like, uh, we talked, or I guess, like, Jesse, Brooke, and I talked about before is like, it didn't have a lot of like lead in. It didn't do a lot of the backstory because it's like it's assumed that we already know that if we're watching Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like we don't oh need yet God. another origin story. Like how many yeah. times are you going to do that kind of I thing? I thought that was really nice too. Yeah. Uh, whereas um, with uh, comparison to Wonder Woman, which does have a, a pretty major origin story, that is actually kind of important because no, we haven't heard that 5,000 times. You know, for those yeah. of us who are really casual comic book readers like we probably don't know the ins and outs of that um yeah. so and that was, was like a that. compelling fun origin story too where it was, it was like yeah. i want to see more of where you come from and more of like your back i don't know what it is that movie was I love very funny the, um i love the period really good writing superhero movie yeah, yeah. Like the superhero movie that's in a different time besides yes. like 2017 there's something yeah. super charming about those yeah that's like well, the original captain see, america like, for that reason well, you got to see like more of the Amazonian women too, which I wanted to see more of is like these these women that that raised her and fought, you know, and fought and, and seeing how the they were just bad was so good. So, Obviously, right? I wanted to see yeah. They um <laughs> they cast like entirely female bodybuilders and athletes. Oh, it's awesome, tell. like reading yeah. about all of them. <laughs> They're just like, Oh yeah, I- it was super cool to be in this movie. Cause you Their know, set normally photos I are just so pump funny. iron. <laughs> I know. It's, so it's like you found a hundred Zayas of different colors and origins and put them all in an army. It's like, that is terrifying. Okay. Yeah, it was awesome. It was like, oh shit, goals. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, you could tell that they, they were bodybuilders. Some of them were bodybuilders. Some of them were crazy ripped. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they got any pro wrestlers in there, maybe. Uh, there's probably one or two. Possibly. Probably. Let's go and have a look I, uh... at that. 
my my favorite thing to come out of these two movies over the last few days, especially for Spider-Man, is the number of people on Twitter who are having to look up like there's a lot of people who are really obsessed with uh the new Spider-Man. Tom Holland, is that his name? Yeah. Obsessed with him. Like into this kid, but they had to look up how old he was because they were like, I feel yeah, weird because he's, he's, like, he's a baby. I, no, he's like I, 21 years old. But, but he like, looks like a baby. He looks like an 11 year old kid. Yeah. So like, everyone was like, Is it wrong that I'm attracted to him? Like, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> well, and I, I actually, at the movie theater, even heard like someone say that about uh, what's the character, what's the funny female character in the movie? Uh, Zendaya. Zendaya. She, I heard like guys say that about her, like, oh, well, at least in a couple of years she'll be legal. And I'm like, no. Not, that's like that's like just that. creepy yeah that's yeah no that that like, happens with people like lusting after, yeah, yeah that's i remember like happening to everybody involved in harry potter like you know the the female side lusting after you know uh daniel radcliffe ron the, you mean you mean ron yes the redhead ron, that was it yes they were everyone lusting was after lusting ron. after ron yeah yeah and then the male side lusting after hermione is like uh, emma watson like oh god <laughs> Look, Ron's thirsty, twin brothers were way hotter. I'm so sorry. And then, and then out of nowhere, what's his face in the last movie became like Neville? the handsome, became the handsomest guy yeah. on Dude. set. Yeah. Out of nowhere, that guy puberty hit him like a truck, and he came out looking better. He was like, "Hello, ladies." It was like, "Whoa, <laughs> I'm here to save the day now." Like, oh fuck. Well, to be fair though, like someone like around like I guess Brooke and I's age, like we grew up with it, so being a yeah. child very normal for us because it's like oh they're like my age pretty they're like basically my age yeah, yeah. so that me going oh they're really cute or they're really attractive was like normal but now i look back even if i watch like the earlier ones i'm like oh i feel so wrong you're like creeped out by yourself <laughs> no i feel the same way and i'm like it wasn't weird when i was that age <laughs> we, we recently watched phantom menace i know with riff tracks didn't help but you know they did their best no judgment, bless, bless their hearts they did their best and it was very creepy um, watching, what's her face? Natalie uh, Portman? Yeah, yeah. That was, that was like, a nerd crush for a while. She's like, like Carrie Fisher, yeah, I've but it was all right. In, I've seen you in a movie where you were shoving your ass in someone's face in a G-string in a twisted stripper scene. This, I have seen that too. And I have <laughs> I seen have. you in a movie where you're <laughs> receiving oral sex or and giving oral yep. sex. And yep. this is I've just seen that too. weird now. Shout out to Ballet. Ballet is great. Indeed, Black Swan, great movie. Don't watch it with your parents unless your parents are of a certain uh, more mm -hmm. open-minded persuasion. More open-minded. There we go. Well, let's, you let's see, John, yeah. what's happening in this scene? Oh God, they actually no, start explaining no. it. No, please, please stop. Well, to the Co-optional Podcast, we do occasionally talk about video games, and every now and again, kind of lingers does Iffy. come up. Iffy. Right, we are going to tell you about the games we play this week over the first couple of hours of course we'll also be recommending some audiobooks thanks to our sponsor audible and the last hour of the show we're going to be dealing with a couple of news topics here and there and we will deal with the release list which is being called this week by dodger who is removing everything that looks like it's absolute worthless it's really rubbish. long it really is which is why you've got two <laughs> hours to do it it will mm. be fine all right let's kick it off so why don't we start off with pocket what have you been playing this week what's been going on um, I've been playing, I don't know where or why everyone's complaining about not having games to play, because I've There's been just slamming my schedule. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
with a lot of stuff I didn't get to play. So I started with Final Fantasy uh, online and leveling up through Stormblood. I still haven't hit max level because then I started playing Bloodborne and Darkest Dungeon. Still haven't beat those, but then I started playing Final Fantasy twelve. So, well, let's start with uh, Final Fantasy twelve, the Zodiac Age, then and work back from there. Uh, so this is the HD remake slash remaster of Final Fantasy twelve, which when it first came out was. I think uh, opinions on it were divided. Uh, some people were really not a fan of what they did with the combat system, the way that they kind of turned the game into sort of a single-player MMO-like thing. Oh, uh, I actually... Uh, I heard a lot of people say that I, they either really liked it because it was one of the first Final Fantasies they ever played, or they didn't like mm -hmm. it because they didn't like the combat because they were so used to, like, earlier combat styles. Yeah, the sort of active time battle style of doing things, uh, whereas this was more of you control a squad of characters everything's in real time you tell them what to do or you set up a bunch of gambits which basically determine their behavior and mm -hmm. then you sort of watch it play out and alter it as you go along there and there was definitely a divide of opinion on that one it does have the best voice acting of any final fantasy game hands down mm -hmm. the best it's been good so yeah. far i mean i really enjoyed the i I've, i haven't played very much because i just <coughs> play, but i really I don't mind the combat because in a sense, it kind of reminded me of Dragon Age Origins. And I really liked the combat in that where you kind of yes. give them commands and tell them what to do while they're, while they're doing it pretty much. So yeah. I really kind of enjoyed that. Yeah, it's a very uh, sort of old school CRPG. And that's more of a Western RPG style of doing things like with uh, Baldur's Gate, Nicewind Dale, and Neverwinter Nights and so on and so forth. So it's kind of weird to see that in a JRPG where mm -hmm. they traditionally don't really do that. So that is a good comparison that I hadn't previously considered uh, because most people just go for the whole, oh, well, that's kind of an MMO, but no multiplayer kind of thing going on with it. When I played it, and it was a long time ago when I did play it, I, I kind of liked the system. Um, I enjoyed tweaking the AI behavior. I think the, the way that gambits worked and uh, you could very specifically define character behaviors was quite interesting to delve into. It's, it's a fine game that has a lot of really uh fun aspects to it but at the end of the day the biggest problem with it and i think this is a, if you look at a lot of reviews at the time and i and i'm curious if anything has has uh, i probably not i don't think anyone been changed story-wise but like it inherently involves two bland main characters yes and villains that are incredibly way more compelling and uh, it's, and side it's, characters who are more compelling as well. Yeah, like, yeah. Literally, like, the two characters you you kind of are introduced to and play are the most boring characters in the game out of any. Yeah, yeah. The the two main characters are like, are you, what the fuck? Like they're they're if they took Luke Skywalker and made them even more bland. Yes. Like, oh, no. And let's let's be entirely frank. The story it's is Star Wars. Star Wars. There's not yeah, a question yeah. about that. Um, and but but that's the thing is like the villains and uh, you know. British Han Solo and sexy Chewbacca and all these characters are like amazingly well done and well acted. And the story with them is great, but like the overall main plot is just, Oh, it's wow. not there. It's crazy, which yeah. is, it's interesting for final fantasy game to, to not do what it usually does, which is, this is, I think maybe the first time they did this where they didn't make it about like, and then he became a god. And then all these, it's not that. It's its much more political and much more. Um, yes. It's much more like tactics, Final Fantasy tactics, than it is any other Final Fantasy. Game. Yeah, you're right. But I it's the same world. It's its the same world. So. Um, yeah, speaking of the, the voices, mm -hmm. apparently 
one of the things that people are finding about the remaster that is like really, really cool is that when the game was originally made, the voice acting was fantastic, but it was compressed a lot. Mm -hmm. So it didn't sound great. Like the acting was there, but the sound quality wasn't great. And now with the remaster, they don't have to compress it. So it sounds incredible. It was a really big game to cram onto a DVD. Honestly, the amount of content for that, it was ridiculous. So being able to throw onto a Blu-ray now uh, makes a huge difference, I think. I don't know. I I just, I hope it's better than I think now because I didn't like 10 at first and I quit uh, before I got to like the main story. And it's interesting because uh, to feel the need to not, to want to turn someone into a god by the end is interesting because I feel like that's what Ten kind of did as well. But they did a really good job at having this character and then and then having the world fall down around him pretty much. And then he realizes why everyone's so depressed, I guess, so sad. Yeah. Uh, and I really the Ten. I don't want to spoil it in case anyone wants to play, but the Ten story I thought was phenomenal once I actually gave it a chance because I hated the main characters so much at first. Oh yeah, I hated Titus completely. It's like, this guy is awful. (laughs) I I liked um, Oren and Lulu. They were were fun. Uh, But yeah, main character. I liked Lulu too. (laughs) (laughs) Girl got belts. Um, I think, Pocket, you will love, she had belts. Her whole dress was belts. It was all belts. Yeah, she had a lot of belts. Fair enough. Uh, I think Pocket, you will love the relationship between uh, Fran and I'm trying to think of and uh, Baltier. I think Baltier, you, I think yeah. you'd like the two of them. They're like the most compelling part of the game, and then their storyline is super exciting. Uh, yeah, and then the judges. Shout out to the judges in Final Fantasy XII for being the most interesting damn things in the game. Also, the fucking costumes and masks on the judges are, are so amazing. Cool. I love those. Which, if you got the collectors, uh, the new collectors, that's what it came to with. Get that collector's edition just for those. Uh, yeah. I, d- I ended up not doing that, but I'm like those. I'm hoping they just bring some, uh, maybe one of the higher quality collectibles and replica companies maybe make some judge stuff. Uh, oh because man, I, I would be definitely buy that. that. Yeah, yeah, those that are cool. cool. Which I think is one of the most compelling reasons for me to keep even though i hate it i keep going back to 14 because i'm like i want to see how these judge dudes play out because they're literally ripoffs of the 12 judges like the mm. final Fantasy 12 judge they're direct like they almost look the exact same and i'm like who are you and what do you do and now i want to see more of you so it's a slog but i'm like f it all right i'll do it <laughs> story of my life things <laughs> i do for story <laughs> you really do you will walk through fire for story which i will never understand They're like i i wouldn't i don't want to work for a story like if i want a story i can listen to an audiobook from audible our sponsor uh-huh. or hey or i can go watch a movie and it's it's not going to require me to do a bunch of stuff i don't like in order to get the story so in video games i find it very very hard to go through things i'm clearly not compelled by in order to get the story was it was it 13 that came out that so many people i i just i think that was the one i just couldn't get into with lightning yes oh yes no don't worry you and everyone else people were like just if you just play halfway through it it gets better and i'm like just play 20 hours like no i'm not gonna do (laughs) that i have better i'm gonna let you know they lied to you don't listen to them it doesn't get better (laughs) it does not Um, having gone through all of the games it doesn't get better it I'm gonna I make a PSA that's like it doesn't get better. Too. Final Fantasy 13. I quite enjoyed what I played of 13 too. I thought that was a much better game. It's the best one of the three. Yeah. 
I'm not going to play halfway through a game just in the hopes that it gets better. Absolutely it's just like a book. Not. I'm not going to read. I'm not going to read halfway through just to hope the last half is good. I'm just I'm just going to put it down. Yeah. yeah. Your product actually has to be engaging from the word go in some way. And if it's not, you failed. It's that simple. You've made a bad product. I don't care if the last part could be the best fucking thing in the universe. If no one's compelled to get there, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I think the biggest the biggest sin with Final Fantasy 13, I think this is <clears throat> this is a sin for all stories, movies, books, whatever. When the opening of your game or even the instruction book, it's like many years ago, the false created the lussy, and then all it's just words, gibberish. You're like the oh, yeah, fuck just does giant any of this mean? exposition dump like boom, law. Like I don't have any context for yeah, anything. And of none this. of it means anything. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. what is this for? That's when you lose me. I'm like, you've built nothing. You've done no world building. I do not care about any of this. I'm supposed yeah. to? Nah, fuck you. I'm out. Yeah. yeah. That's what 12 does, though. That's what 12 does. And I'm sitting there reading it like, I don't, I'm not going to remember any of this. Well, 12, yeah. 12 is interesting in that it takes place in the exact same world, just at a different time as Final Fantasy Tactics and Vagrant Story. Oh. So there's a lot of connection between the two. So if you create tactics, then you're, you go into it with like an understanding, I guess? You'll understand right. more, but it isn't like a direct connection because it takes place in a different time period, but it's the same okay. world. Hmm. So it's interesting. It, I mean, but at the end of the day, truthfully, 12 is Star Wars. If they would have opened and scrawled that thing, you would have been like, oh yeah, no, this isn't a galaxy far, far away. Pretty much. <laughs> For all intents and purposes, yeah, it is that. I so forgot to mention, Sorry, I ahead. also played Just Dance. I'm going to throw that in there because someone called me out. Okay. Oh. <laughs> is anyway. it the the most recent just dance 2017 on steam oh gotcha. just dances on steam yeah oh, I, I, I also did not know that it was on steam i've played it on the switch and that's weird what so, song how, so what's how, how just the dance song how do the control method how's control method work on steam uh, does it just use a webcam or something or uh it uses your phone so you download an app on your phone and then that becomes the tracker for oh, uh, it's not as accurate as like the wii or something it's very it's it, oh. it estimates so. hmm. some dude at popcon this weekend challenged me to play just dance on his phone i thought he was a crazy person because i was like what <laughs> it's very on your much phone I thought he just wanted me to dance for him on his phone. I was like, that's weird, dude. <laughs> I didn't, I mean, I didn't I mean, know it was a real thing. That's not the first time you've actually been asked to do that by a fan. No. Icon, so it's no. not, this is not, it was a good reason for you to assume that's what he was asking for. We have been yeah, asked to no do some clue. very odd things on phone cameras. Let me put it that way. Um, and I would appreciate it if you didn't do that in future. It's like, hey, record yeah, a message was... from my friend. Totally cool. Do a dance or sing a song no no but it's so fun and if you're drunk no. i mean then you're like yeah i'll dance to this no. and then yeah, be I mean, horrible it, yeah if you guys want to do a dance or sing a song for me on a phone i'll accept that but i'm like i'm not gonna do that shit for you that's crazy I, I i am not your dancing monkey you know you can't put coins in my little windy box and have me do tricks that's not gonna oh happen my god what just, an amazing uh, cosplay that would be! At a convention, I'm challenging you to a just dance off. Me? Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna suck when you lose. Jesse I'm so sorry. Gonna... When you when you I, lose in front of everyone. As, as the person that destroyed Jesse at Star Wars Connect in the <laughs> dance game, uh, he will suck, guaranteed. I can uh, tell you. But as the person who made it into top 13 worst dances, dances I believe my, I believe Your my friend. Your accomplishment. <laughs> God, I believe oh my God, I have that what it feels takes. like that feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> Kind of was. It was. 
go back and look at that. It's literally looking at that. It's when it's I first moved to LA. <laughs> the the footage is we look like different people. Like it's a different reality. <laughs> <We do. laughs> oh my! We were so young. We had so much life. We weren't oh my God. down yet. We were yeah. so we were so happy. You so were happy. drinking that six dollar Iron Horse champagne, Brooke, that yes. we somehow got from somewhere, and eating. Uh, Eating all of those jammy Dodgers from the future. Uh, oh, eating, and what and was it? The Jaffa cakes from eighteen eighty-seven. Jaffa cakes. Twelve thirty-eight from like like whatever it is. I believe it's still the on that website. Hide. It's still and the in whatever year that was. It still says like Jaffa cakes eaten by Dodger. Yeah. It was so like a, Dodger died like three minutes afterwards from food poisoning. Like, <laughs> why did we do this thing? Why For did the we? goofs. Yeah, the for goofs. the goofs, for the fun um, goofs. It does have was... 1.3 million views, so it did all right for us. <laughs> God damn it. I'm watching right now. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Um, this is the person you just is... challenged to a dance-off. I think you'll be just fine. I'm nope. all great. You will now. I've do been practicing the, uh... my butt waggle. I'm going to get you. <laughs> Ghost in the Keys or or the Dragostia Dente, the Numa Numa, Numa, Numa one? That's like the funnest one. Get drunk, dance. Oh, the Maya. He, I can do that. And then all they do is like, like they're just like, it's so fun. It's ridiculous. So, yeah. I was, yeah, I was asking which ones you did. Now I know. Now I know they're the weirdest songs. (laughs) Maya. They're so fun though. I mean, this was like for my sub days. So I drink, I have fun. And and the problem I have is I'm afraid to start it because I don't stop when I should. I do (laughs) four plus hours and then I'm just dead. Just dead exhausted. Oh, <laughs> oh god. my god. I'm I'm mesmerized by this video. I'm wondering what Me the too. fuck we were what doing. Me too. What the fuck? <laughs> oh god, we just got that. Look, alcohol is involved. That's all you it need was. to know. That's it all was. you need to know. Cheap, very cheap alcohol. Very involved. cheap. Very cheap. And the world's best funnel cake, which was mm-hmm. not. So that was so of... funny. I can't believe we just ordered from the pier. We ordered food. <laughs> we ordered from delivery the pier. funnel cake. <laughs> god, we were oh idiots. god all right all right apologies are completely derailed uh, pockets description of games right so just dance yes you're playing that that has been mentioned people of whoville's interest has been satisfied on that one we're gonna have a dance off yep dance off will happen somewhere that will happen it will get Beautiful filmed it will get monetized off. there will be lots and lots of views and ads revenue and we like mm-hmm. uh did he say blood, you're doing Bloodborne and Dark Souls? Darkest Dungeon. Oh, Darkest Dungeon. Okay, yes. I want to do Dark Souls because I'm so angry at Bloodborne, but I, I'm sticking with it. I've had many people tell me not to give up. So, well, you've played Dark Souls one and two, right? No, no, I thought I've you played had Dark Souls three. I, I've gotten all the way to Sister Freed, and okay, I, and she just blew my mind. So I um I kind of was like, okay, I'm just gonna put down the DLCs now too. And and I'm gonna go back to Dark Souls to beat Nameless King, Sister Freed, and then the second DLC, maybe beat it. I don't know, maybe. And then hopefully start a new game. But no, right now I'm in Bloodborne because people are like, the story's great, you get used to the combat, just try it out. And oh, it's so stressful. It's tough, man. It's Bloodborne is tough. It's a stressful game. And it's very, it's very punishing. And you have to figure out like nuances with each boss that you encounter. Cause all of them, besides the, the optional first one, all of them have like these things that you have to learn to counter. So like the AOE poison for the blood star. So 
It'll be interesting to see what happens when you go back to the older ones. Uh, from what I heard, Dark Souls 3 did take some of the ideas from Bloodborne and kind of implement them into that. When they originally mm -hmm. made Bloodborne, they were trying to make a more aggressive game rather than a more defensive one. And the original, like, Demon Souls and Dark Souls were quite defensive games. Yeah, a game where you didn't have quite as much time to think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Did, there's no... I, I have not played Bloodborne, I will confess this. That There's no block in Bloodborne, right? There's no shield that you can hide behind. There's, that... there's a shield, but it, like, breaks in one hit or something ridiculous. Right. So. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because um, as I recall correctly, there was more of like a kind of more aggressive repost system and uh, just encouraging you to attack. Oh, yeah. You have to be super aggressive in that. And then the more aggressive you are and the more you learn to to parry as well, I mean, the better you do in the end. And I was very much the person with the shield and the sword in Dark Souls. So I've been having a great time figuring all of this out. <laughs> I was very I was very defensive and, and learned to be that way versus now I'm I'm trying to be more on the offense and I, it's just i was doing great until i learned that there was an aoe poison on the blood starved and i kept dying to that ah. so nasty <sighs> nasty stuff oh it's so hard it's so difficult well, speaking of <laughs> difficult a... darkest dungeon causing a lot yeah. of problems for a lot of people at the moment uh, especially the size of the the courtyard Huge dude dungeon. it's cool though like i i love that you go in multiple times in the same dungeon i think that that's such a cool thing yeah i like it as well like they could have very just very easily just added just another area that was played out the same way as the existing ones which would have been fine i mean more more theme the better right more enemies mm. more items more curios but it's good i think that they made something that was fundamentally different and also in its sort of nature is a bit of a kind of harbinger what's to come with the darkest dungeon and what to expect yeah. there and so you kind of get that experience a little bit earlier than you would have uh what i'm understanding at the moment is that a lot of people hit the courtyard way too early and mm. are then complaining later that this mechanic's stupid all my people have the crimson curse now i have nowhere near enough blood everybody's dying and it's like yeah they let you go on blood runs they do but the amount of people that can get the curse, the amount of blood that you end up needing can become ridiculous if you start getting infected too early. Also, people well, don't know about the quarantine mechanic. But they tell you that. There's a pop-up that tells you that. Well, they probably didn't read it, I would imagine. <laughs> like, literally the first time that you have somebody with a crimson curse and you come back to town, there's a pop-up that's like, don't put... A person with the curse and a person without the curse in the same place because the person without the curse will get it. It's contagious. Yeah. Evidently, a lot of people did not read that because they all need I've, to fucking read. Yep. I, I don't even read people, it. I read that. Ton of people whining <laughs> about it on the like, Steam Oh, never mind. Take that guy out. Yeah. <laughs> ton of people whining about it on the on the subreddit and saying that the mechanic's terrible and all that kind of thing and no, people just giving good. advice like, look, you don't go you can get the quest early but you probably shouldn't go in there early mm -hmm, uh, yeah. you, and you don't have to and apparently the they're not going to start invading other dungeons until you actually g get one of those quests down so you you can prepare there's ways to do that yeah and you should which i, I think know, comes I... back to the advice that you gave people last uh, you gave yahtzee last week when you were talking about uh, crimson court dodger where you said you don't recommend it for a new player. 
I don't. don't Yeah, that's literally what I was going to say again is I don't think that somebody who's never played Darkest Dungeon before should play with the DLC off the bat because it it bumps up the difficulty quite a bit. It gives you like a few extra things to keep track of in a game that already gives you a lot to keep track of, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it it does, and it it's unfortunate that people sort of that don't understand the mechanics will then start to spread misinformation about the game because it goes it gets even more of a reputation. Like, it's RNG bullshit. It's RNG bullshit. There are random elements to it, but they are all completely transparent they're all displayed for you that information is given to you honestly yeah the only thing that the game doesn't tell you is the turn order yeah and it's like i'm cool with that yeah you're right it would be nice if it did that uh because you can calculate it it yourself but it would be nice if it just had a ready ready indicator but it's different every every turn it's re-rolled so Mm. it's different every time right but it is based on your speed stat right yeah, it's it's like your speed stat is like a modifier. So it, it rolls a D4, I think, and then adds your speed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, just... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm reading the Steam reviews. I restarted the tutorial twice and I died to the man. you know that they did nerf that encounter because when the game first i think came out in early access that encounter did actually kill quite a few people oh trust me i I remember that i went this guy's really hard and then i went through and restarted when crimson court came out and i was like this guy is really easy now yeah yeah (laughs) they 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 hit him with the nerf but hard like yeah they right. nerfed a lot of stuff uh, that that was in the original or the alpha. I noticed, and I'm just like, wow, this is. I mean, they also nerfed a lot of the the people that you can choose, but like the cruise. I think the not the crusader, the uh, hellion. That yeah. is a lot they, more. They, they just alpha. nerfed the joker in a major way because people were, had a th- three joker setup was apparently basically unkillable, and because you had so much stress reduction, stress ceased to become a factor of any description. That's when you go, thank you, JP. <laughs> yeah, thanks, <laughs> JP. <laughs> yeah hashtag blame gp but and pretty much everything i mean i just mostly follow that philosophy in my life and it's worked out pretty well so far that one's a lot less stressful for me. i think dodger and i talked about this it's a lot less stressful for me darkest dungeon is like yeah sometimes you die but at least you have a chance to like think about what your best course of action is you can pause yes. and be like okay well you can spend as much time as you want thinking about it i find that yeah. very compelling and very satisfying to do yeah. so Versus Bloodborne, you're just like, I think I'm dead. Yep, I'm dead. Cool. Yeah. I don't know what happened. A <laughs> but... lot of dexterity involved in that thing, and they're not going to fucking wait for you. Yeah, yeah, no pause. There's no pause button. <laughs> nope. No, there was not. None of the Souls games have had one, I don't believe. Yeah. It's pretty rough. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, and then, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess the last thing I played was Final Fantasy, doing leveling up for the first time ever and then going to Stormblood. So. You're, uh, you're White Mage, right? Yeah, uh, I'm I'm white mage and scholar, so I'm getting. How are you it. liking it? How, how oh. was that level up experience through content, which uh, a lot of people have said is not that great until you hit Heaven Sword? You know what's great about it is I was just taking my time leveling up. I was having I was having a good time just leveling on my own. Then I hit I hit fifty, and everyone's like, "Oh, here's the fun part. Now you have 150 quests that basically give you no experience, and you have to get through them before you can do Heaven's War content." And I was like, you're Why? lying. You're just lying. <laughs> you're just lying. And then I got halfway through them and I was like, okay, I'm boosting. I just yep. boosted because yeah. I, I just- Get that $25 <laughs> potion and say, fuck that shit. Oh uh, my gosh. 
It was, oh man, it was so brutal to do that. And so that's... I just boosted all the way to 60 and it was like, forget yeah. it. I'm just not going to do that. it again. Again, it comes back to the it point was, you made earlier. Why it... on earth would you play through shit you don't enjoy? Like, yeah. Well, was it like you got to 50 and then you still had all of the, all of the like end game content from Realm Reborn to do yeah, before Heavensward started? You have to, cause, because I'm, I was a new player. I'm not someone that leveled up when, when it came out and then did the quest as they came out. And then did Heaven's Ward when it came out. I'm someone yeah. that basically got them all shoved on me at once. It was so brutal to do because it was just like all these quests are completely useless. Like yeah. I did half of them and didn't even gain half a level. And I guess that I guess that's like because as as a person who did play it. Hush, Jesse. You <laughs> hush. Jesse <laughs> Jesse hates this game. Crack. <laughs> oh. They're not useless. That's grade A story. No, here's the thing. Most of them are fetch quests, and that is so frustrating. Go find those. What, what about Final Fantasy fourteen? Most of what is what? Most of, no, the 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 end game like Final Fantasy fourteen is mostly fetch quests. Yes, go on, continue. <laughs> are you so? Don't be so mad. I'm so no. salty about that game. I just want it to be more than it is, and I just it never will be. <laughs> it's I don't like fetch fetch quest, and and when the end game quests for uh, a Realm Reborn are just like majority fetch fetch quests. I'm just like I was oh, just dear. like this is this is too much. This, I can't do it. I'm literally losing my mind right now. Like it is gone. <laughs> but once I got once I boosted and started doing the Stormblood stuff again, it was a lot more fun at that point, and I started enjoying the content again. So. Yeah, that's what I've heard from a lot of people, and it just yeah. seems if I ever bothered to play it, I would pop those potions immediately. Like yeah, it's, it's just not worth it. I'm not going to play through a bunch of bullshit just to get to stuff that's actually good yeah it's good for people who got to play through it all when it came out but it's bad for people who want to get into the game and don't want to be overwhelmed with something while also trying to meet up with their friends at endgame so. yeah that's what i was gonna say is like they've been really good about making sure that your subscription means that there are constant like story patches and like raids and things that come out but I can see how that would mean that a new player coming in would just be like, there is so much shit for me to do to get like story-wise to get to the point that I need to get at right now. Cause they just keep adding stuff, you know, which is really good for players who are playing at the time. Like I was, but not as good for a player who's just now starting. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. I like the game though. I like, I like that it's, it's, you know, still has like, the weebness to it but it's not so over the top like a lot of these a lot of games that come out of asia uh which i'm i like the kind of combo of both and also it, the characters are great a lot of the main characters that go through the story even in stormblood are great that's why i'm actually working on a cosplay for lease because i really liked her a lot yeah and, and over and, oh my gosh and the boss fights are just so phenomenal the pvp sucks but the boss fights for PvPs, <laughs> they're just great they're great and and I really like that. I usually don't get into PVE because I'm a competitive gamer. I love competitive games, but I really love I love the music. I love the mechanics. I love everything about it. I love stressing out as a healer. So it's great. Yeah, there there is something really satisfying about being like, oh my god, that person's gonna fucking die, and then you save them. Yeah. You're like, yes. That's when that, you get the double medica going up with two white mages, and you're like, yeah, we did it. We're. <laughs> Or you freak out because one thing that I just absolutely love, I don't know what boss fight it is, but it's where like laser grids are just everywhere. And as a healer, you're sitting there casting, you're like, oh wait, I need to move. 
oh wait i need to move again yeah oh my god they're dying i need to move (laughs) and it's just oh it's so fun Mm -hmm. it's so fun so i basically that's why i play bloodborne and darkest dungeon i like stressing out apparently so (laughs) stress combining it's the 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 discussion of whether games need to be fun keeps popping up and i don't know why it keeps popping up honestly we're gonna get onto that donkey video later actually in the third hour of the show there's the one thing in that that i disagreed with him on was the quote he used from nintendo that said if games aren't fun why bother i'm like that doesn't apply to any other medium like it's like i don't necessarily go to a movie and expect it to be fun or read a book and expect it to be fun but it's gonna Mm -hmm. make me feel something you know it's gonna be compelling because if if it doesn't make you feel anything then what's the point you know, I would lot, argue though, there's some movies it. that you go to and you're like, I should have walked out like halfway, at least halfway <laughs> oh, yeah, through that. Totally. Can yeah. I just mention like Splice? Anyone I've seen never seen that. Adrian but... Brody. Nope, you can mention oh, with that. The, with the weird monster girl. Yeah, the, Monster Man, tur- Monster Girl Turn Man. Nope. That was the worst movie. And I'm like, I should have just left. I hate this. And I want my money back, but I watched all of it. And now I can't unsee any of what I just, <laughs> oh, it's so bad. It's like one of those, like, if I'm not enjoying this, I need to leave. Right. <laughs> so. Pretty much. Yeah. I've seen, I don't see people walk out that often during movies anymore. I think probably because they do cost quite a lot of fucking money. So you're not necessarily going to want to waste it, but there are definitely a couple. I think I saw Jonah Hex and I'm pretty sure half the people in the audience had walked out by halfway through. <laughs> and I thought, and, uh, it, I mean, it's a, it's much better than Jurassic Park, but not quite as good as Jurassic World. Uh, so, is that is that your is that your scale right there? Is that the scale? Yeah, of that's basically how okay. I judge movies. Uh, the worst movie in the world is Jurassic Park, and you've got uh, Jurassic World at the top there. Uh, everything else falls somewhere in between those two. I'm gonna so go offended ahead and side by you. with all the comments that are gonna be offended by this and say Jurassic Park was amazing. Okay, <laughs> thank you, Great. Pocket. Thank you for joining the correct side. <laughs> it was amazing. Be on the wrong be- side of history. <laughs> I mean, Mark it was very inaccurate. Velociraptors are not ten feet tall. They were actually like. <laughs> five feet tall, nine feet long. But I mean, we're not going to go into the logistics of why these dinosaurs were technically incorrect, but they were very scary still. (laughs) Also, they probably had feathers, but we're not going to go into why it was incorrect. Well, I mean, it was (laughs) a Unix system and I did know that. So, (laughs) oh God. Oh man. I love Jurassic. Oh, I can't believe you don't like it. (laughs) There was was like even a Jurassic Park-ish type game and there were T-Rexes in it and it was terrifying. This was like when I was, 13 or something i don't I even play the one on the um on the mega drive uh or genesis uh, there was the one on the super nintendo i think as well that was really good and you could play either the guy with the shotgun or the raptor which was way more fucking fun he's gonna jump around and fucking eat everybody it was great it's Absolutely also less awesome. scary when you play the raptor versus a guy with a shotgun true so. it, I, I'm convinced I was about to say i would love a game that was so your back he's like mm-hmm. man jurassic park sucked but he actually walked we back <laughs> And now a bunch of people are, are going to be really upset because We're Back is also a fantastic movie. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was about to mention, like, hey, it'd be great. Wouldn't it be a great kind of game if you had an Alien versus Predator thing with humans versus dinosaurs? And oh, that already has existed in multiple games. Yeah, that's what yeah. Primal Carnage was, and which was actually a lot of fun. Ark was amazing, though. 
with the whole survive on this planet and there's dinosaurs and then like you're running around and and you're you're naked with your little your little pickaxe or whatever you have and then you just hear stomping and then you hear stomp running and then you turn around and there's just a giant t-rex just right in your face and you're dead I mean, that was such a great feeling. That's a, that game has um, got a little bit of flack as of late because they've now fi- they say they're out of early access. They like doubled their price. <gasps> oh yeah, I heard about. I just, I don't necessarily agree with that, but yeah, that that's uh, that's pissed people off. I mean, firstly, this is a game that released paid DLC during early access, which is something of a no-no. Uh, the, the reason they had to do it was because they just paid out a huge amount in a lawsuit, and if they didn't charge for this content they were going to go under but still you have to say as a consumer what the fuck are you doing saying selling expansion content when your game's not out yet that's yeah. kind of ridiculous and now of course you know they've the game is not in a it's not in a perfect state it still runs like crap on a lot of systems it's still got a lot of bugs in it and it's like oh well it's not early access now and it costs 60 dollars like oh, um yeah i don't i don't know if i agree with that i mean they have the right to do it obviously they can set whatever price they want but that's a, there's a sour taste in the mouth on that one i really i mean besides this, i think 40 would have been okay because there's a lot of stuff in that game now compared to when it first came out there's a lot of stuff that they added to that game and it's a lot of fun i really love it they it does need to be optimized a lot better but I think every single one of these open world survival games need to be optimized better. I Without just don't a doubt, anyone's found it. Rust all, needs to be optimized. Yeah. All of them. They're all busted. The the one that <laughs> runs the best, unless you count Don't Starve, which isn't like three D, is um is the Division survival mode. Uh, they put yeah. the the survival DLC that they put as the Division runs beautifully because the Snowdrop engine also runs beautifully, and that was a nice complete experience when they brought that out. And it's a real shame they didn't release that as a standalone package because I really think it would have done very well. Problem is you had to have the division to play it, so nobody wants to go back to the division. Unsurprisingly, it's a shame. Oh, when someone's like, "Well, Pocket is willing to grind," is very inconsistent. It's true. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Brooke might remember this because Strippin played with me as well as Wish and a bunch of other streamers. I spent like eight hours taming a dinosaur when that first came out. Eight. That was like my whole. You guys, you guys were fucking in, like addicted. Yeah, it you was lot too went hard far. In that game back it then, was so crazy. I was like, "What are you guys doing?" And Sam was like, "Well, we've spent the last few hours just feeding this dinosaur while it's unconscious because when it wakes up, it'll be ours. We'll definitely have it." I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I, I think I really do think, as much as I am not into these early access survival games, because again, they're all broken and all run like shit, and half of them don't get finished. I think maybe they capture the old feeling we used to get when we first started playing MMOs, like that feeling of exploration and yeah. like discovery. And I think that's maybe why they're so compelling for a lot of people. Well, it's also an achievement when you knock the first like dinosaur you knock out, even if it's a dodo, you're like, oh, I knocked it out. I'm going to feed it. Now it's mine. And then you move your way up and you finally knock out a T-Rex. And then it's just like, oh my gosh, I have a T-Rex in a game and you ride it around and you kill stuff with it and it's just so rewarding feeling and then it dies and like a part of you dies inside with it so i i couldn't i any any (laughs) game like that in which you permanently lose stuff i played eve for a while and that was enough for me for life on games where you can lose stuff it's like nope i don't have the time for this i don't want to do that anymore (laughs) i 
I, I, I think that's why I, I eventually quit is I was like, I just keep losing stuff that I, I spent 16 hours getting this stuff and it's all gone, just all gone. So I had to quit. <sighs> yeah. Mm. That's such a fun game though. <laughs> <laughs> I say it as if it's gone, but yeah. 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 But, but like the feel of when it first came out is gone. Yeah, that's gone. So, yeah. I, and I'll never get it back. Well, I mean, I think that's why people buy under the latest and greatest early access survival game, don't they? Because they want to recapture that feeling. They want to get it back. So they chase it. Yeah. And I think that's why they keep doing well. Although Puppy G's, are, it is an amazing uh, battle uh, battle royale type game. It's it, the best easily. And I've, I've played all of them. And That's that actually the impression I've got about it. I still haven't played it yet, mostly because, uh, again, I just don't play early access games and uh, it's still got a lot of optimization problems from what I've mm-hmm. uh, seen. I mean, I, w- I watch people stream it because it's fun to watch them stream it. Uh, I would don't want don't want to play it myself until they've really fixed it. But they apparently put a put it on a big uh, a sort of roadmap to getting it out of early access this year. I can't remember which month it was. Maybe September that they're going to take it out of early access. So what I'm hoping they do is that before that, their focus is optimize this fucking thing so it runs properly. Because as you've it mentioned actually, time and again, it, so few people do that properly. You should you should try it soon. Apparently, they they fixed a lot. A lot of one of my friends reached out to me. He's like, the game plays a lot better than when it first came out, and like when I was playing, and it already played better than like H one and others. In my opinion, it played better than those two because I had terrible experiences. But I I already enjoyed it a lot, and then uh, now with some of the fixes going through. I've been debating getting back into it, but I think that might be a bad idea because I went ham in that like I did an arc. So I was like, I need to kind of stop because I'm playing too much. <laughs> yeah. Man, the, the the King of the Kill versus Player Unknown Battlegrounds thing is such an interesting story. Like watching King of the Kill explode in popularity. But uh, what what's interesting about it is that, yeah, the population definitely took a dip as a result of people migrating but it still has seventy six thousand people playing it's right still now doing fine it's honestly still one yeah, of the no, biggest games in the world like it's huge um and uh, a 24 hour peak was one hundred forty five thousand concurrent that's Damn. fucking massive Damn. so yeah king of the kill is by no means dead it's actually the fourth ranked steam game right now under the third ranked one which is player unknown battlegrounds but the difference mm-hmm. between the two the, you know, the top three Steam games like Counter-Strike Global Offensive, which has half a million people currently playing right as I speak, half a million currently playing Dota 2, 230,000 currently playing Player Unknown, and then 76,000 currently playing King of the Kill, and that's the fourth place game. This is just right. a massive gap between those top three and everything else. But that yeah. does not mean that that game is doing poorly. It's not. It absolutely is not. Oh, it's I'm, sure that, I'm just saying that. I just it was too arcade, way too arcade. Too arcade, yeah. Of, and I think that's that's why Battlegrounds is doing so well is because uh, it goes off the Arma system and yeah, and but- I love Daisy. I didn't really play Arma, but I loved Daisy. I loved the shooting in it a lot. And that, and when I got that feeling, I hated. I'm sorry, I hated H1. When I got that feeling in a game like Pub Battlegrounds, I was finally satisfied with, okay, this is great. I got the kind of shooting I want, and and I got the map that I want, and it was just a lot of fun. So I think a lot of people like like Mr. Grimms and Anthony, who are absolutely killing it right now, literally, um, <laughs> like they're they're great because they played a lot of Daisy and Arma, and so they're yeah. doing great. 
I think there's a there's a place in the market for both of those because as you said, you yeah. know, Killing the Kill is a much more arcadey game, and that's what some people want. They don't want the more authentic, more milsim like kind of experience, which Player Unknown ha- leans towards versus that. I mean, I'm not calling it full on milsim. It's not fucking Armor Three, which is hugely more complicated and detailed than that. But it is more. It's definitely more intense than King of the I, Killers. I don't know why, but I really like playing Player Unknown Battlegrounds, and I really like watching other people play. King I like of the watching Kill. it. Um, I, I mean, I don't mind watching both, but I, why? Do you, so, why do you think it is that? What's the sort of the difference in the viewing experience for you? I don't know. Maybe it's because I don't know King of the Kill as well, that I've played enough Player Unknown Battlegrounds that like I kind of know what to expect and I know what everything's going to look like. So King of the Kill is is fun to watch because there's more surprises. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think it also has a very established type audience that that play it right now because it's been around for for so long that I mean I watched people like Lyric play it a lot and I always found it entertaining because of the way people would respond to each other there and how they had their own little like right. they're it like inside jokes within the game and yeah that was really fun to see as well. But yeah, I never there wanted an to aspect play it. of role play or whatever to it. But we, we, we had this discussion about uh, Friday the 13th last week and saying like that game is a dumpster fire when it comes to the amount of bugs in it, the amount of problems it's got. But the enjoyment you're going to have is going to swing wildly from extremes based on who you're playing with. Yeah. It's very easy yeah. for that game to be not fun at all because of the behavior of a couple of people. Alternatively, it could be amazing if you just happen to have a really fun Jason or whatever, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. quite reliant on that we're gonna take a short break folks but before we do that we would love to tell you about our sponsor audible if you head on to audible dot com slash cynical you can grab yourself a free audiobook from the largest library of audiobooks podcasts and audio content in the world we use it on a very regular basis and they are kind enough to sponsor the show we'd like to give you a couple of recommendations if you don't mind Audible is a service that we all use on the Co-Optional Podcast, and it provides an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from leading publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. Best thing about it is that you can use it on practically any device. For instance, I will listen to an audiobook on my PC. I go downstairs to eat breakfast. I'll tell my Amazon Echo to start playing my last audiobook, and it resumes right where I left off. I can listen to it on my phone. I can listen to it on my tablet, and I can even sync it up with the Kindle version of the book so that I can read along if I'm having trouble concentrating. The service itself allows for you to trade credits which you get every month depending on your membership for audiobook content and there's also a bunch of free short form content that you can get as well you can check out audible.com slash cynical for your free audiobook and free trial if you so desire and we have some rather awesome recommendations for you coming up right here jesse you had a recommendation from the author of jurassic park i do so as you i don't know maybe you know uh maybe you don't uh michael Crichton died several years back so uh the last of his books was finally published uh, maybe not maybe there's another one in there somewhere but what many believe is the last of his books dragon teeth was just published recently and um it's one of his more historical books uh it is about the um late 1800s bone wars out in the uh, wild west and about paleontologists and uh, essentially digging up what becomes 
the the fossils that we see dinosaurs as today and it's really cool it's an awesome book um i probably should pull up the page to give you exactly who the the narrator is because he's amazing yeah he's amazing narrated by his two people actually uh scott brick and also sherry creighton is a uh, part of the narration team on that one. Dude is so good. So just imagine the hunt for dinosaur fossils. It's like the beginning of Jurassic Park, but out in the Wild West where like crazy shit goes down. And uh, I'm about halfway through it and it is uh, super entertaining, but it's not like sci-fi, no dinosaurs or anything show up. It's literally just about the competition between two, two men to become famous for discovering essentially like dragons really That's right cool. it's them discovering what dinosaurs are that so it's, it's it's very historical and super fun and that's uh definitely some some uh good listening if you're down indeed we've got a non-fiction recommendation here from dodger from my mother-in-law indeed yes the nepotism is real on this the nepotism one. is real she yeah. was reading this book while she was visiting us and um it came out on audible the author reads it but it's called The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fuck, How to Stop Spending Time You Don't Have with People You Don't Like Doing Things You Don't Want to Do. And it's a parody of a bestseller called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. Yeah. So it's it's basically just like, it's supposed to be a funny book about um, establishing what things in your life actually matter and to stop giving a fuck about little shit, right? Yeah. Um, which seems like a pretty easy concept to grab onto. Like maybe a book isn't necessary, but it's apparently just very funny. And um, she tells a lot of stories about like her own life and things like that. So it's by a woman named Sarah Knight. And she, um, she's got that, that really good vocal fry, if you're into that. <laughs> so um, yeah, apparently my mother-in-law really loved this book. She read some passages to me and I thought that they were pretty funny. So I figure... <laughs> go ahead and read it it's really funny reading the uh the reviews of it though yeah some people so, are like some of them did not like it yeah some of them really hated it yeah, yeah. so i'm fascinated <laughs> would not you say be... that they uh gave too much of a fuck i think they hey. gave too much of a fuck about the book yeah mm. <laughs> or not maybe be... maybe it's that uh they gave too much of a fuck and they kept reading a book that they didn't actually enjoy and they should have just stopped mm. but that's what the whole book's about fuck get it God, they didn't get it by the end. Shit. You don't understand the book meta. Incidentally, not to be confused with the other Not Giving a Fuck book, which is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson, which is different not the books, same Different book books, yeah. yeah. Not the same book at all. So <laughs> I have not recommended a Terry Pratchett book, God rest his soul, in a long time. Terry Pratchett is my favorite author of all time, and I could spend hours talking about all of my favorite Discworld books and I've already talked about how to get into Discworld, which is what a lot of people ask me. Because generally you think, oh, start from book one, and that's not the right thing to do with Discworld. That's actually not a good idea. I always recommend you start with Mort, then you read Reaper Man and Soul Music, then you can maybe think about the, the Rincewind stuff, or the Guards uh, trilogy and stuff like that, or the Witches trilogy. But in this case, what I'm going to recommend to you is something a little bit different, which is actually The Science of Discworld, a novel, which was written by Terry Pratchett, Ian Stewart, and Jack Cohen. And it's narrated by Michael Fenton Stevens and Stephen Briggs. And it is essentially a fake science book about the fake science of Discworld 
and trying to explain it in a rational manner. So it's a fictional non-fiction book or a non-fictional fi- Which of the two would it be? Probably in the case of Pratchett, both. Yeah. Yeah, which makes it really, really interesting. Like I said, I could recommend pretty much any Terry Pratchett book because they are all good. To it. They're at least good. Some of them are phenomenal. But this one is a little bit different. It's a part of the Signs of Discworld series, and it's a ideal thing to have on audiobook because it's the sort of thing that you could listen to in the background quite easily. And instead of like, oh, I just lost track of the story, since this is only partially a story, I find it's a little easier to absorb by listening to it. Mm-hmm. So that that would be my recommendation on that one, The Science of Discworld. You can check all of those books out over at Audible. And if you use our sponsor link, audible.com slash cynical, you can grab yourself a free trial and a free audiobook. Thank you very much to Audible, an Amazon company, for sponsoring the Co-Optional Podcast. We will be right back after the break, folks. We're going to be talking more about the games we've been playing over the last few weeks. (gasps) Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast. Yes, hopefully you enjoyed the break. What Wonderful is? sounds of Mick Gordon and Frank Placky with the music right there. Who And my dream in the, la- in the next year is to somehow set up a concert where they are both playing. And a few other people, including our friends Miracle Sound as well. That would be <gasps> fucking amazing. That would be awesome. Damn yep. right. Absolutely. I would love that. We'll see. We'll see. Right, we are back, and I've got a bunch of talk about a Switch to do, because I have one now. Oh, so, do it. Yep, finally finally got it. So I picked it up in a package with ARMS, uh, which is all right, I guess. Uh, it's, it's not ARMS too bad. Is. Yeah, it's okay. I, we, we had a little that bit game of... is so divisive. It's not bad. It is, for those who don't know, essentially a... It's a third-person fighting game where you have two arms and they're basically on springs and extending and you sort of throw them at the opponent across the arena and you can curve them and do a bunch of cool stuff and you can do throws and a couple of special moves and things. You know, it's a very, it's a fairly simplified fighting game that's quite easy to pick up for pretty much anybody, which I think is was its intention, certainly. Mm. And it's a little lacking on the content front, I would say. The sort of tournament mode for the single it is um the the problem i've got with the single player mode the main one is that it mixes in a couple of game modes that suck and that really sort of ruins the whole thing for me the uh there was there's a mode where instead of attacking the enemy you've got to punch targets which are somewhere in the arena that's boring as fuck and (laughs) annoying to play and so when I came across that level in the, hey, play through the thing, like, this sucks. <laughs> this mm. is really bad. Uh, but the, the one versus one was good. I played uh, with Jen and we had a bit of fun with it. Uh, she enjoyed it quite a bit. It's not too shabby. I think for $60, what's in the box is probably a little lacking. We'll see where maybe it is in a year. You know, right. I think right now it's like, yeah, it's, you know, it's it's half of the game that I was sort of would have hoped it to be, I think. But it's not, it's not bad. And it's nice to see new original IP coming out of Nintendo. So I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm wondering, I'm wondering what the difference is, like why. Because Splatoon also just had like, you know, most of what you did in Splatoon was just team V team shooting battles. 
right? Yeah, the, but the, it I mean, was the single really player fun to play. Was awful in Splatoon. Uh, they're working on that with Splatoon yeah. too. They've done some previews of the single player and said it is much much better experience. Yeah, that's what I mean though. Is like why? How come? Even though the single player was really lackluster in Splatoon, the the team v team part of Splatoon was fun enough that everyone was like, ah, who fucking cares? Splatoon is fun. Whereas with ARMS, ARMS apparently for most people got old after like a day. I mean, maybe there's just not that much depth to it. I mean, it's there is a 2v2 mode, but it's primarily a one versus one game, whereas uh, Splatoon is a team VT game. And it's not as right. if you can't sell a game that purely is just a multiplayer mode and have people play it for years. You absolutely can. Mm. But it's got to be pretty good and it's got to have reasons for people to keep coming back and... I'm thinking even with the sort of regular content drops from Nintendo, would I keep coming back to ARMS? And my answer to that question right now is probably not. You know, if someone said, hey, do you want a game of ARMS? I'd say, sure, I'll play you. And right. what I was saying before the Switch came out, when because uh, me, me and you, Jesse, went at it quite a bit before the Switch came out on its, you know, its usage scenarios and mm-hmm. how a Switch would be useful to me versus how it would be useful to you and, uh, your conclusion being that it wouldn't be that useful to you. Uh, but for me, I said, hey, you know, the, being able to have it be a portable and then it also being a docked unit and being able to sit up on a stand, hand someone a controller, play something, that's all good stuff to me. Which so far has played out actually exactly how I thought it would with the system. I've used right. all of its modes and I've found them all to be, in some cases, a bit fiddly, but pretty much the kind of thing I wanted it to be. Most of the people that I see with it use the portable mode. Um, I think the functionality there is is great. I don't know. The only time, truthfully, the only time since its release that I've seen anyone play it just as like a console, it was at a bar when people were doing an arms tournament and it was on a big <laughs> screen. That was right. it. Which, which, by the way, scenario-wise, was the most like playing arms in a bar and like a drunken competition with like randos was some of the most fun I've had in a while. Sure. So yeah, that sounds about right. That is a solid way to play that game. Just like big group parties and stuff. That works really, really well. I would also argue that most people, if they were going to play it as a console, they would have it docked at home. So unless you're like going to people's houses, you would. Right. Yeah. But, but I'm saying like, even then they still use it as like, I'm going to play it handheld while I'm watching TV. Like, it, it's. It's interesting mm. that the console aspect of it is used less, but I mean, so we if did a, I had we a handheld thing, not for me. We did a straw poll on this last week. It was like 50 50, wasn't it? We, currently, we've got two and a half thousand votes in that straw poll, and obviously non scientific, but 37%, that's 940 votes, said I most often use my Switch portably. 33% mm. said I most often use it dock, that's 840 votes, and 29% both in about equally. So it's totally down the middle, really. It really is, right now anyway. Like, what I'm going to be interested to see is how those numbers change when stock is more readily available, so the kind of people that mm. buy it are not the hardcore early adopters that are well aware of what the thing's supposed to be doing and kind of buy into the message that right. Nintendo's put out, that this is not a home console, but it's also not a portable either. It's both. And I'm using well, this- it as both, actively. And it's quite easy to use it as both. I have a projector in my bedroom. The dock just sits on my bedside table. The HDMI cable runs under the bed and connects to the projector. So when I need to charge it, drop it in. I was like, oh, cool. I could just play on the projector screen now. Just hit one button Mm. and switch to that. A, 
there's the name. But yeah. I mean, speaking of of supplies, apparently this weekend Amazon got new supplies in. So they did, I believe, yeah. Everyone lost their shit. It was great. <laughs> it was great watching people at a convention be like, oh, sorry, and just like jump on their phone really quick. And I was like, you're crazy. Guys. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to wait. Yeah, I mean, if, if there's nothing on the system that you currently want, there's no real need to have it now. What I'll say about it is that it is one of the most basic machines that I've seen in terms of its software functionality ever. Like, mm. out, of the, out of the box, it feels like an NES in terms of its functionality. Like, there's nothing extraneous at all. The OS is super basic. It's yep. snappy and responsive, which I like, but it's like, this is like a very basic version of Android. There's no Netflix functionality, no application functionality of any kind. I was going to say, it's a, ga- mm. it's a game system. Yeah, the it end. plays games. That's it. I'm mm-hmm. kind of surprised they even had the me editor in it, frankly. And yeah. that like smacks to me of, God, this was released six months before it probably should have been in terms of having features it literally is only right now a gaming machine but it's perfectly capable of being more than that do they want it to be more than that i assume they want it to be more than that not really yeah like i mean it would be convenient to have netflix on it like i mean oh no that's my xbox it is my net i was gonna say i don't need netflix on another thing (laughs) i have it on I have smart TVs, and I also have Netflix sure, on why, everything. Why not have it on everything, especially if it's something you're going to have with you? I just I need just it for that game that. that they announced, that really important game that that me and every other Pokemon fan is waiting for more details on. <laughs> Fire that, Emblem Warriors? No, that core RPG Pokemon oh, yeah. game. Fire Emblem Warriors? No. <laughs> the game. Pokemon. Stop it, Jesse. <laughs> Fire Emblem. Pokemon. Warriors? <laughs> Core RPG Pokemon. Come on. Look, there's here's the thing is this is and this is why I'm waiting and this is why I honestly think most people should wait to to pick up the system. The potential for awesome games on it in the future is there. There is a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline oh that gosh. I'm like, "All right." But at the moment, it's like, yeah. you know, there is a lot you're of not games a, on it. Yeah, if you're a Zelda fan, awesome. You are losing your mind right now. Yeah. If you're but if not, you're like, yeah, which I'm I lost not, my mind on Wii U though. That's also true. You could play it on yeah. that if you wish. Uh, but right. I, what you know, the the portable nature of it, and I was worried about the controls because we Dodger talked repeatedly about how uncomfortable it was. I actually am not finding it uncomfortable to use it that way. Um, the complaint that I have is the shoulder buttons and bumpers are too close together. I would have preferred the system to be a bit thicker so that there was a bit more space there. Otherwise, I don't really have a problem with it. It doesn't cause me pain. I've been using it 90% in portable with the Joy-Cons connected to the screen. It's been fine. I think the Vita's a bit more ergonomic, but I've not really had an issue with it in portable mode. Mm. Been all right. I've mostly been playing Disgaea 5 on it, honestly. How's that? It's a Disgaea game. I mean, if yep. you've pl- if you've played a Disgaea game, you know what to expect. Really, it's the same character models, the same mechanics for the most part, fleshed out in little areas here and there. It's a very iterative series. It definitely has the worst hub world theme of any Disgaea game that exists, and I really wanted to go away. Oh god, Disgaea usually has very good music, and most of the game does, but the hub world area 
has this awful fucking ballad which will not stop that drives me fucking insane. Oh, it's... People are saying I can change the hub world area. I don't... Where? Tell me where. Please. Please fucking tell me how to do that. Please. It's, it's <laughs> Please, the worst. Please, someone. It's so bad. Usually it has such a good soundtrack. The record shop. Apparently there's a record. That's where you do it. Oh, thank God. Oh, you've saved me. You've saved my ears and brain. Uh, otherwise, it the... Aesthetically, it's very nice. Like, it uses a lot of the same character mods, but they're much sharper. They're obviously in a much higher resolution than the old games. And it it's still, it's, it's fun as it is. Uh, Disgaea is a game where if you are a completionist, it will hurt you physically and mentally. Yeah. Because it is a game where every item has a giant randomly generated dungeon in it. Every fucking item. Even the basic healing items have dungeons in them. Fucking hell. <laughs> if you are a completionist, no. No, no. Never, ever buy a Disgaea game. You may die. It's possible. Jesus. It, it's horrendous. Thankfully, if you're not, and I'm not, Disgaea is a ton of fun and a great tactics game. It's got some really good English VO this time around. Usually I'll turn, like, a, J a Japanese RPG of sorts onto Japanese immediately and just go subtitles because the dub's probably terrible. Genuinely well voice acted and genuinely funny. Love it. What a breath of fresh air. Nice and silly. And a nice complete package. The only th other thing I'd recommend to people with that is that there is a bonus shop in the game which gives you access to all of the DLC that was in the PS4 version, which includes a bunch of fucking completely OP characters. Don't take them unless you want to basically break the game early. Like, maybe later on if you're having trouble with it. Um, Girl Lahal is a great example, which is a gender switch version of one of the characters from the previous games, one of the main characters. She murders everybody just without any problems whatsoever. And when you get a character like that, which is why I hate these pre-order bonuses that give you OP shit, it's really hard to discipline yourself not to use it. Because, like, this is this has destroyed the challenge of the game completely. Mm. Don't. Don't. Just don't. Until you start having problems with the game where the game's kicking your ass, do not. Feel free to take the, um, there's about three or four bonus character classes, like the ninja. I've named them all after you guys, by the way. <gasps> Dodger, you're a female monk that dodges a lot, obviously. Sick. Highest evasion. Uh-huh. Jesse, you are a sorcerer in a weird animal hood. You die a lot and you blow stuff up. And Sounds about right. Pocket, you're a ninja with a spear, oh. who unfortunately also dies a lot because they don't have a lot of hit points. Working on that. Working on gearing up. It's like, I got a dab um, pocket. Every I got a dab. I'm definitely, though, an assassin, I will yes. say. Very yeah. assassin-like, yes. Can I say I finally, I looked up the song. I'm it's a, called Moving On. I made PewDiePie an imp. It is... <laughs> terrible this song it, it's here's the thing. so bad isn't it oh because he's singing like purposefully off key and and the lyrics are really like wah, wah, like that and the best part is the comments are exactly what you'd expect half of them are like this is terrible this is the worst song i've ever heard and the other half are like it's beautiful all <laughs> day <laughs> it's oh oh oof. it's so awful oof it's bad it's Man. it's so uh, very awful. Uh, I swear but, to God, it literally just is a repeat of like, ah, ah, like, 
like over and over again. There's this like chill music in the background. It's I would I never listen. For changing, people say, Ooh. "Oh, kill me Ooh. now! Turn me into a pretty and throw me, so I explode <laughs> and never have to listen to that fucking thing again." Also, prinnies will never not be funny. They're the best, and prinnies can become prinny swords now. Oh my! You can God. do a monster transform where a monster could transform into a weapon that somebody can use for a special attack. And prinnies, they become a pretty sword. So you run around with a fucking penguin as a sword. What else could I you gotta, possibly want? I gotta be honest. The first couple of times you said the word, definitely thought you said pretty. Nope. Just pretty. turn me into a pretty. Turn me it's into a pretty. a pretty and chuck me. I was like, <laughs> all right. Okay. Yeah, magic gen. Yeah, it's been a while since I played this guy game, so that mechanic's been around for a while, but yeah. It's, it's good to get back into it. Like, I love tactics games, and Disguise is one of the best ones. You just can't treat it as a completionist. It will drive you insane if you do that. Um, otherwise, uh, on it, I played a bit of Thumper, which is a pretty cool visual experience. That's on PC as well. I what else? I got Mario Kart. We played a bunch of that. Had some fun with Mario it. Mario Kart's fun. Yep. Uh, the, we were, you know when we had that discussion about the auto-steering thing? Mm. and how it was really uh, kind of we thought it was a cool feature for accessibility for people who had is various issues with controlling games yeah uh for jen it was really helpful because she has that stereoscopic vision uh, issue where right. she has difficulty seeing uh, with depth perception like depth yeah yeah she found that because if you leave auto steer on it sort of slightly inclines you in the right direction as you're approaching a corner She's found mm. that that basically overcomes that problem for her. Oh, because that's great. Because she, she now doesn't oh. turn in the wrong direction. So it helps her be far more competitive in that game and have a lot more fun. So I fully endorse that feature as being really cool for people that have accessibility problems, such mm. as that. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, so far so good with the Switch experience. Like I say, very, very basic. I still, and you might not think it needs Netflix on it, but I think everything needs Netflix on it. <laughs> Just as everything must have Skyrim, everything must have Netflix. It's a convenience. Uh, I don't want to carry an extra device when I don't need to. Speaking of Netflix, this has nothing to do with it, but what about the remastered SNES that they announced? Did you guys talk? I'm sure you guys already talked about yeah, that. Well, but... We discussed it last week and the week before. Yeah. I think we were all sort of on the conclusion of none of us are ever going to get one because <laughs> there'll be like 10 of them ever but the game lineup was amazing we, we're overlooking the main the lead story here what a head fake segue pocket what the hell speaking of netflix what, what about netflix, netflix made you think of, of the of snes yes i was like what 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 are what right. okay we now <laughs> you know, know brain works okay the, the mini snes must have netflix and skyrim on it yeah. and if it doesn't yeah. it's shit it's shit yeah. no, and, minecraft. and minecraft yep in this modern world it must That'd be amazing if it was like, and now Skyrim on NSNES. It's just Pocket, <laughs> what I thought you were going to say is, speaking of Netflix, has anybody watched the Castlevania, Castlevania show? I was with you. I was like waiting for Haven't that to happen. To that's what I thought Told was going to happen. Amazing. And I was what, over here reading it and then she head faked me. I was like. It's good. It's good. Yeah. The first episode, the first episode is a, a little, um, I don't want to say that it's rough, but they're definitely though it doesn't have a great start, I don't think. And the lead voice actor, um, the lead Belmont boy voice actor, um, is a little eh, but it ramps up. It gets great. I'm probably like, for me, it, it felt like it was it was 
trying too hard to be anime, but not anime. Yeah. Less anime as time goes on, which is weird. It does. And and that's one thing that was like confusing because if I'm going to watch anime, I'm just going to watch anime. And if I'm going to watch a more Western cartoon, then I'm just going to watch that. Uh, mm-hmm. versus something that tries to be anime but isn't so, is, is so very like a, hmm. it's, it's a turnoff i guess interesting mm-hmm. is there a is it just the english dub that's available or is there a japanese uh, there's only subs? english dub. it's only english yeah. oh, that's unfortunate yeah. but look jacula the, the voices are are good though Except i, I thought the that the that voices were worst. really good the main guy i don't i don't want to like explain why but there's just like he he has trouble <laughs> I mean, if the main character's voice has issues, that's a fairly big problem, don't you think? Uh, he doesn't show up for a while. Yeah. Uh, and Sam okay. was fine with it. Jesse was fine with it. I thought I had problems with it. Yeah. Look. Um, look. Okay. It's a. It's an origin thing. Look, I'll zip it. Now people are getting look. extremely upset because it was made in America. How is it anime if it was made in America? Actually, actually, actually. I actually uh, uh, don't ask care. Half what? the people on DeviantArt, then. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, is I don't really care what you call America? it. An America is that is that a term they use? An America? Now it is. Uh, An Americans. It can be anime if it's not made or if it's made in America, can't it? Mm. Yeah, only hentai is made in Japan. Please. <laughs> I've never, I've never honestly thought about it because it literally is the least important thing in the universe. But right, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's never, never sprung to mind. Honestly, not to anime YouTubers. It yeah. is a very important conversation. Hey, you want, you want? Let's throw the cat amongst the pigeons, then. Well, by that definition, there's almost no anime because the rest of it is made in South Korea now. Oh, oh! it's fucked. Yeah, goddamn anime, goddamn animaniacs. See, anime can't be made in America because of Animaniacs. That's Animaniacs. Mm. Mm. Those are the facts. I'm just kidding. They weren't. Way <laughs> off. Um, <laughs> okay, on on the on the voice, the the English voices on a scale of of Cowboy Bebop, which is really great, uh, and and uh, Sword Art Online, which is terrible. Where does it rest? The English dub. Oh, well, I would. Depending on the person, a nine or a ten. Okay. Yeah. It's very, very good. I'm not it's saying great. It's good. Okay. And all of the British voices and accents are Sam approved. Just oh, for we'll anybody see out there about who's curious. That. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah. See, now I've given John a reason yeah. to watch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I was intending to watch it anyway. I'm just wrong if it kills me. <laughs> says John. Indeed. <laughs> Oh dear. He's a southerner, that's why. The eternal rivalry continues between northerners mm. and southerners. He's a true, southern pansy. Southern I always know how to is. bait you guys. <laughs> yeah. Posh motherfucker born with a silver spoon in his mouth. His first solid meal when he was able mm. to do it was a cucumber sandwich. That's how it is. There was Earl Grey in his fucking baby bottle. Mm. Yep. Posh gits. I, like I, you know, I'm just trying hard not not to even talk about anime because I I just I have so many opinions on anime. On, on like yeah, the subs versus dubs and and all of that. And my that is definitely something that most weebs we can avoid diving into because we will be here all day on that one. Especially <laughs> since Jesse has been fundamentally dodging for the last two hours talking about games he's been playing, and I'm not going to let him get away with it. Look, that's because this weekend I hung out with like, dude, I met Timothy Zahn. It was great. Um, yeah, no, I, since I was at a convention for most of the last week, uh, 
my my time existed in playing games that were like laptop playable and so i uh downloaded a game that i've had for a long long time and haven't actually played much of boyd um imagine the lightest form of an rts like the basic core fundamentals of an rts and that's what this game is you're not you aren't building bases or anything you are literally uh taking over and controlling spawning pools and then controlling units and that's straight up it and so mm -hmm. it's more tactical in that you are operating off of a rock paper scissors sort of deal where there's strong fast and then like light units i think they're called and each one What's of them the name of this game again so i'm putting the bomb there boyd b-o-i-d oh boyd yeah that's that's been off for a while yeah and they, uh, I think they just, it's free, I think now, uh, but I, I, cause I bought it a while ago. I, I, you know, I already paid for it, but I think it's free to play now for is, yes. like the, just to play the base game. And now there's a story mode that you can buy. Yeah. $10 um, story mode. Yeah. But it is, uh, if you're looking for like the competitive feel of an RTS and the like fast paced nature of one, uh, without the slow buildup at the beginning, like you've got to build this base and I have to manage this and this and this. Uh, it captures that. It's really frantic. It's pretty fun. Um, I love the the simplicity of it. The fact that it's just like, you know, you're gonna you can build all these strong big units, but those big units, uh, you can lose that spawning pool if a bunch of quick units go and immediately take it over. And so the strategy is, if you imagine a map, there's your initial spawning unit or spawning pool, and then there's all these other pools around. And you have to go take those over, and once you take those over, they're yours, sure, and you can spawn stuff and move your units around to attack their core, but the enemy can, like, backdoor you and, like, take over your spawning pools. So yeah. it's it's super, super simple. Like, it is a completely simple game, but it was fun to play, uh, like, on a laptop just sitting there uh, trying to wait for <laughs> the unhealthy effects of alcohol to wear off in the middle of the night, so. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean, that's I was that's what I was doing. I was just sticking around with a game like that. Uh, still playing way too much Final Fantasy Brave Exvius. It's a problem I have. It's the only mobile game I own right now. I have issues. And, I uh, agree. Yeah. On multiple I mean, levels, but I agree. <laughs> and I, I, other than that, just been trying to, like, check out all the things I should have been playing but haven't been playing. Um there's so many games that are just sitting here on my desktop that I need to actually play. Yeah, I've just, got a, I just got a giant backlog of stuff as well. I did at yeah. least finally get around to playing Antihero, and we streamed that yesterday. It, yep, it's great. Super There's fun. There's a couple of issues with how it teaches you mechanics that I think could have been done better uh, that are mm. initially confusing. The point that I'm going to make in the video is if you are doing a tutorial, especially if it's something that's essentially a board game, and you artificially lock things out but don't tell people that you've done that, that can cause people to derive the wrong conclusions from your rules teaching. Uh, what, like, what part are you referring to? Because I played um, the tutorial too, so I kind of An example of that would be that it is possible to buy more than one upgrade in a turn, but during the initial tutorial, I think, on level two, it doesn't... They don't tell you. Yeah, it would, well, it doesn't let you. Um, so oh. that's, the, that's the problem. So let's say I had four, I had seven lanterns. I bought something that costs three. I have four lanterns remaining. In a normal game, I'd be able to buy a second upgrade. But in right. the tutorial, they block you from doing that because they're trying to put you on rails to teach you other things. And there's a but couple of other level, mechanics But in the third level, they do well. tell you that that's possible. Yes, but the problem is that 
it's right there on the screen in front of you and yet you can't click it which makes you draw an incorrect conclusion it eventually corrects you but it's better to for you have not to learn the wrong rule before being corrected it's better for, oh, you for it to, to literally learn. just say in, we have like, this locked out for the purposes of the tutorial yes right right yeah right. say that or gray it out or say, you know just be clear about that kind of thing i think that's the best way to teach because you don't want people to draw incorrect conclusions which i did several mm -hmm. times during the stream as a result of that yeah one of the things that that i think um that that i i found interesting was that the ramp up in difficulty because of that from the second to third level that oh third level yeah the third really level gives you a good slapping yeah i lost that the first time definitely yeah. uh i he the enemy team got mostly because i let the truant officer through too many times and i wasn't actively using the saboteurs and i got stuck on my own side of the map he took over the map he had a massive advantage in every way and just crushed me so yeah it, it, there it is there is definitely you, a jump there's a jump i yeah, had to replay that to level. be more aggressive like real aggressive on that level yep. or else you'll lose no matter what yes otherwise though it is a really nice worker placement game it's got a ton of options for your skirmish and multiplayer mode so you can house rule things that you don't like which is great mm, cool. you can balance things you can handicap people and it's got a single player campaign that the first i said the first three levels of tutorial but beyond that it's a story and all the ai characters have unique personalities and play styles and do different things the levels are themed the theme itself, it being, you know, a, you're a master of a thieves guild in uh, good old London town is brilliant. It's, there's some great art. It's nice and easy to control. They need to change tap to click. They <laughs> forgot to do that. <laughs> Personal yeah. annoyance of mine. It's not a phone. Otherwise, great, great game. Also, loved it, loved it. Anyone I've been else excited for that game to come out. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been waiting for that ever since I played it at PAX last year. It's great. Mm. Anybody got uh -huh. anything else that they have been actively playing this oh, week? Uh, you know what? It doesn't exist. It'll never exist. Uh, it's a weird thing to say to start out with the premise of a thing. But I right. finally uh, played Missing, an interactive trailer, or thriller, excuse me, an interactive thriller that is an FMV game that is about a guy chained up in a basement you have to help them escape and it's super fun it's really entertaining and a, and like the budget is way too high for this thing like there's explosions and like real it's nuts what, and what is it yeah it's like explosions and shit like you dodge explosions at, in an fmv game it's nuts oh okay and, and of course they ran out of a budget so there'll never be any more so no. there's episode one it's like an hour long no, it will never exist again. We'll never What's get it called? Missing an interactive thriller. You play as the guy who is being held and then as the detective trying to find him. And um if you play a video of an FMV game, is that technically movie piracy? <laughs> I mean, I guess I don't know. I have no clue. I have no idea. I guess since they have no money, it's not like they could sue me anyway, but it's like, yeah, is is it there's like a lot of just film here. I, I love the, the way they do the puzzles and the interactive stuff is they take the image and they do that like movement thing where they like move the image yeah. a little bit. And it's mm. super it like uh, I think up on the screen really just now, like the uh, the the lock combination. Yes. When you move those locks, each one of them individually moves, which I imagine took way more time than is needed. A lot of time. Yeah. yeah. But it's it looks great, though. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And it's super entertaining. And the, the, the actual scenes that take place are 
well acted and then they, whoever the guy is who plays the cop is like really entertaining to watch the problem is it's maybe an hour long and then that's it they were like we blew our budget the game didn't do well and we got nothing else so i guess we're done i didn't and, a, i wouldn't expect a game like that to do well honestly how much was it uh man i don't remember maybe like 10 bucks something like that maybe mm. but that's uh, weird you can't buy it it's on it was released in 2015 on steam and there's no buy button maybe because i've had it for a while yeah it's like i said it is on steam but there's no button to buy what yeah, yeah there is i'm looking at it right now there's no button to buy it yeah there's no that's button. weird what happened well, uh, they—I mean—the company did go under, and I maybe they just don't want people to purchase Buy it anymore. Why? Well, is this like PT where I just have a copy and I'll have it forever, but like no one else can get it? I like that. Dun, 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 dun. What the hell happened here? It says unfortunately, won't play it or any of its sequels. Studio went down uh, after disappointing sales and too high of a budget. Sure, but that's um, not a reason to have it listed on Steam without it. a price tag. Yeah. Games get sold when companies go under all the time. What? Why is it still here and listed? That's so strange. That is bizarre. That is weird. Maybe that's part of the meta-narrative. Oh, oh fuck. It's an art. The game itself is missing. It's an alternate reality game. Uh... It is. <laughs> Yeah, it was one of those things where when it ended, I felt bad because I was like, I love that. I would love to play more. And it'll never happen. It'll never exist. Huh. So, yeah, that sucks. But um, seeing how much it costs to make FMV games, and it's not a lot, I'm curious what the budget on this one was. Because most of them are like, you're talking to a guy in a room or doing this. And this one's like straight up rooms are exploding and there's like like they're real like real quebec montreal police cars like so they had to have rented those which i can only imagine how much that costs to shoot a scene yeah. like insane budget stuff which they did not need but i guess they were like eff it we don't care so i can understand why they ran out of money yeah but it's it was We've enjoyable. seen a, a, a sort of increase in the number of FMV-style games that have been produced lately. I, I wonder them. how many of them are making actual money. Well, I'm like looking at the actual. I'm, I that is interesting. I would love to know that. But uh, so according to the Facebook game uh, page, by the way, they just said for legal reasons. Yeah. With no explanation. So there's some shit going there. There's probably yeah. some rights management issues. There's probably a dispute within the people after the company disbanded as to who owns what, etc. They yeah. stole the cop cars or something, you know. That might, you know, that, yeah, for legal that, reasons. that would be a very good reason <laughs> for, to do that. Yeah. Mm. Well, I, I mean, I guess you literally have no choice other than to pirate it now, because like, you can't buy it. It's not possible. Yeah. So, so like, a, another great example of, of, like, how much it costs to make an FMV game, just going to the Contradiction Kickstarter... They had 4,000 pounds, and I'm sure maybe a few of us out of pocket, but that isn't a lot. No, that's, that's nothing. They must, right. they, there's no way that is the only cost of that game. That must have just that's been what a I'm saying, shit. Like, actors and everything, but that's their budget. What they wanted was 3,000 pounds, and they got four, which is very interesting. I'm very curious what the average cost of an FMV game is because 
it definitely would be less than a normal video game because they're not putting in the hours to like make well i mean we know how much it costs to make the tesla effect the tex murphy game that was an fmv game that had a budget of several million i think if i recall correctly Mm. let me just uh check the tesla effect kickstarter how much did they raise that get was originally called project fedora which they rapidly realized that was a terrible idea but uh that raised yeah raised six hundred thousand dollars we don't know if there was any additional funding but that game did come out it was definitely rough in some places although i will say the fmv and the acting was probably exactly what i would have wanted from it yeah Yeah. interesting well there you go yeah that's that's but at the end of the day Tex Murphy has graphics and and visual yes. effects, and it's a huge game where you're traveling around scene to scene. Game like Contradiction or a game like um, uh, the last one we played, Doctor Decker, yeah. is just mm-hmm. sitting in a room. So all you're doing is paying for the actors' time and the camera equipment because most yeah. of them are made by one dude. Yeah, what well, how much her story cost to make? Oh man, that'd be interesting to see. Let's see if there's it because I mean that's obviously been a game that's had a lot of attention. Let's see. I'm trying to find it, but I'm not. I don't think. I don't think they ever revealed that there was a mention. Or I mean, the game sold over a hundred thousand copies, which is obviously amazing for a game like that, um, which is somewhat niche. They they said there were big compromises made because of the budget. That's the only thing I know about it. I don't yeah, know how from, much that cost. What I heard about that, the compromises though, was in the form of storytelling, the way mm-hmm. it worked, which. At the end of the day, I think it was the best part of it. So if yeah. that's a compromise, then good, good, good yeah, job. Yeah, it ended guys. up leading to what, what something that worked because they mentioned in an interview that they initially wanted a big exploration aspect. And I think if they'd done that, they would have messed that game up. Absolutely. That, that wouldn't have been yeah. anywhere near as compelling for the people who played it. All right, shall we take a break and then come hmm. back and talk about some gaming news? And uh, we're going to talk about that game critic video from Donkey, who has actually just recently posted a response to... Certain criticism he has been receiving from... Oh, I've got a criticism. I've yeah, got a criticism. i got a criticism for Donkey right here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll be back after the break, folks. Don't go anywhere. You're watching the Co-Optional Podcast. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast. Final hour of the show. We usually do discussion topics, news, and all that kind of thing. And a lot of us have been very interested in the recent video about games critics by our wonderful friend and somebody who has been on the show before so we are very clearly biased in favor of this person not me make that i'm gonna nail him him. he's got beefs he has beefs i'm gonna Uh, nail him uh, vg vg donkey yes vg donkey video game donkey made a video about games critics which was in equal parts comedy and also valid points at about 30 minutes ago since this is a live show and we can react so what happens in the world? We could be nimble. We could be swift. We're like a cable news network, only without the terrible. This just in. Yes, this just in. We got breaking news on the front. Bottom. Breaking news on the front line. Uh, VG, VG Donkey responds to a hail of criticism that came from, let's just say, uh, certain traditional media folks Everyone. got a bit defensive about us. Oh, all writers. Just the a world. little bit. Yes. Uh, Jimmy's were rustled. Uh, there was some outcry. No shit. Of course there was. So we're gonna we're gonna dive in on what was said in that video and what was also said in the responses. Some of the arguments given on both sides, and which of them is talking out of their ass. 
Now, oh. Pocket, you, all of everybody, everybody's, everybody's like. Uh, Except for Donkey. Donkey for life. Yes, only Donkey is not a liar in this case. But uh, uh, Pocket, you actually introduced this topic uh, before we started the show. It's like, hey, can we talk about this? I will absolutely talk about that. That's, that is totally me. Totally. It's like, oh, well, we could like, you know, sort of sneak it into. No, no, we're not going to sneak anything in. This is going to happen. This is going to happen right now. We'll talk about it. So since you introduced the topic, why don't you introduce what the main points and the main crux of the video was all about? I mean, a lot of and he's he's addressed this multiple times in his his dunk views of of games, how um, just how I guess biased sometimes game critics seem towards certain games and then how they'll call certain games bad. But they but I mean, obviously, Metacritic is a good example of this, where the game critics will give it a huge like high score. But then, like the actual people that play the game, will just like it'll just bomb. It'll it'll just do great. Rotten Tomatoes is another one, um, and there's a lot of of uh, disconnect I think between the game critics and and the people that actually play the game thoroughly. And uh, mm -hmm. I think he kind of calls them out and says like, "There's clearly something going on," and he doesn't try he doesn't try so much to assume what's going on behind the scenes or accuse people of taking money or any of that. But um, when some of the the I mean, most hailed as the greatest games uh, of their time get just terrible scores. It kind of does seem like there's a bias there. And then some of the games that were like, why is Call of Duty getting another? This is so innovative. This getting... is so great. This is, and it's like, it's, it's Call of Duty. It's, it's like saying FIFA is so innovative. Hmm. There's the, the, the main, the main target of the video was IGN for the most oh, yeah. part. Uh, they mm -hmm. At for the start sure. of the video, oh, yeah. he showed a giant list of sites, which included places like Giant Bomb, who totally don't do any of the things that he was talking about there. But for some people that went way over their fucking head, the start of the video was mocking the people that post dumb comments in YouTube under like, you can't spell ignorant without IGN. Ah! Comedy fucking geniuses. Like yeah. the bullshit memes and everything. That was actually mocking them, but of course some people didn't realize. Anyway... IGN was the main crux for a good reason, because IGN is the largest game site in the world, and it is also the most homogenous. It is a website that completely deprioritizes the people that are doing the reviews, basically eliminates all evidence that it was written by a human person, and uses this system of scoring across the website which, of course, is completely inconsistent. And at that point, you wonder, well, if it's inconsistent, what the fuck is the point of it? Like, why can I order games by rank on your website, but in order to find out who actually wrote the damn thing, I have to click through several pages, and when I click their tiny little red name, which is the only reference on the page to them, to get to their bio page, it's empty. Empty. Right. Go, go there right now. Go to IGN right the hell now go to the reviews page click any review anyone you like oh god the whole thing just broke and uh, now everything's a giant text what the hell wow. apparently yeah. ign's website can't work good lord what the fuck okay i guess we broke ign the list Whoops. of reviews there is no nowhere on that list of reviews does it say who wrote them so in order to you have to actually click the review to find out who wrote it and it's a tiny little piece of red text that's only there once nowhere else there's no bio there's no photo there's basically no identity of any kind in this case i just clicked the zodiac age review which got a nice solid 8.8 .8 from ign 
because most of the time they're incapable of scoring anything from a major publisher lower than eight. That but, uh, like that should be like a real scandal. People focus. I mean, it's a joke, but it should be like a real thing that hey, when the place you go to for reviews is so afraid of rocking the boat that yeah. across the board, eight out of ten is the joke of like this. When they give games, that's yeah. a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. So the person that wrote the Zodiac Age review, and this is the basically the only mention of any sort, is Heidi Kemp's. If I click her name, tiny little red name, it will take me to an empty bio staff page. <laughs> it, it, you know what's it really does, yeah. what's re really sad about it is that some. Uh, this will get to this kind of in the response that Donkey made because some people in the traditional press made the counter arguments like you should be following the people you trust yeah you see i went to that page and it shows how many followers this person has zero zero I think and that's true of almost that... every staff member on that site another good point that he makes about ign and it's not just ign a lot of critic sites do this uh or, or a few at least do but super mario brothers U, where um the the, the the guy that is doing the review the whole time just constantly lays into it, lists all these negative things about how he doesn't enjoy it. And then it and then still gets the score completely doesn't reflect 9. that. 1. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if a little you're, something for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> if it's, I mean, we're we'll, we'll sort, sort of discarding the idea that that's somehow the hardest Mario game ever, which is objectively false by any measure. Yeah. But what is the point of a score if it's not to sum up what you just said? Absolutely. It's like, mm -hmm. so we have determined scores are useless for ranking because they're completely inconsistent across the site, but they're also <laughs> useless for summing up the review quickly because they don't reflect what the review said. So what the fuck do you have them for then? Uh, because it's this, and I think this goes back to what Dunky was saying. And again, I have a, I have a big problem with Dunky, and I'm going to get him in a minute. But <laughs> uh, I think this goes back to what he was saying about the idea that because there are all these writers, and the writers cycle in and out, and they move here and there, and they play different game stuff. At the end of the day, they have to have a consistent like this represents the site. So you can have your own opinions, but this is what we as a site think and want to give this thing, which yeah. is why there's such a massive disconnect between the two because joe blow can play the game and hate it but as the site we give it a 8.5 and that's the problem isn't it because they and this is some of the counter arguments come in and said how dare you judge ign as like a hive mind as a homogenous entity where like a bunch of different people with different opinions really because you try your hardest to hide that fact mm. like if i can't even tell who reviewed the game unless I'm diving in and finding that one little tiny little piece of text, you're putting no emphasis on who did it and who, what their opinions are, what they like and dislike. I learned nothing about this reviewer by clicking her bio page. What I do know is she's apparently a professional nerdo from Magical Virtual Land. That oh, is shit. the sole amount of information on that page. Cool. I don't know who she is, what she likes, what she doesn't like, what her preferences are, what her biases are. I have no way to judge her opinion relative to my preferences, which makes that review useless. Which Utterly is also useless. a good point that he makes in the video, how uh -huh. like how when we, we watch certain people review games, like even Dunkey, we know what he likes and what he doesn't yes, like. Yes, we do. I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> Dunkey's a liar. Dunkey, I'm calling him out. I can't be quiet anymore. Dunkey, don't trust this motherfucker. Don't trust him. You know what he said in that video? He hates turn-based games. And you know what? 
he's a liar. Because not five minutes later, the background music is the opening scroll from Final Fantasy VI. Even he knows it's the oh, best game ever made. Scandalous. Even he knows it's the best game ever made. Donkey, I'm bringing you down. I'm taking you down, Donkey. You lying son of a bitch. <laughs> Jesus. But can you give his video a rating? It negates the whole video. I don't understand if it's a good a video score. if you don't give it a rating, though. Like, was this, mm -hmm. is, should I watch this video? What's it the rating? Sucked. For it? it was the worst video I've ever seen. Eight out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> It's, I just, I, I just like the, why are you were even making reviews. Like at, at this point, like I've, I've talked about how terrible Metacritic is before because Metacritic strips every review of context, takes these scores, puts them through a filter, and changes them. It's like a three stars on um, Giant Bomb is not the same as a sixty percent, yeah. but that's what right. they say it is. And Metacritic has a ton of influence and power. I mean, we've seen. Fucking studios lose bonuses over Metacritic ratings, for fuck's sake. Like, it has real clout. I mean, and from... Sorry. Go, go, go for it, go for it. I was going to say, from my perspective, like, the hardest part about this is that writers got to make money, right? And yep. they're going to do what they're asked to do, and there are editors right. that look at what they've written after the fact and potentially change things. Like, we don't know. And, and you want to say to them, well, then you should only be working for the websites that do show off who you are, that do keep track of what articles you've written that actually yeah. give you history on the site that people can like follow, right? Yeah. That of value there you are as a writer. Definitely sites that do that. Right. Um, but, you know, they go where the work is because they're freelance writers. <laughs> yeah, right. So and IGN hires a ton of freelancers. That's why you don't recognize mm -hmm. any of these people because it's a revolving door. Like well, what's crazy is that, I, I mean, I worked uh, behind the scenes as press, not as a YouTuber or anything, but actually with press, and I won't I won't disclose the websites, but you, you want to give an honest review as a writer, especially if you're passionate about gaming. If you're passionate and you play something and you genuinely had some beef, you can't really voice it like that you have to you have to very much sugarcoat and walk on eggshells because it's like well but if you're we're, working for a company like that you do yeah you can't talk like that because yeah. you want another job at the end of the day you're still mm -hmm. trying to get another paycheck yeah like, that's what it's about you don't want to write an article that's going to make everybody be like man we should not hire them right yeah. like I'm, all i can want... say is i'm very thankful i don't have to worry about that anymore and uh, yeah. a lot of the people that did go independent and honestly, a lot of the people left IGN over the years and were successful that way. Greg Miller does kind of funny. And we saw what happened with game trailers where the staff went and made easy allies when that folded. Mm. Like People have taken the Patreon model, the subscription model. If you're popular enough, you could literally just run off ads. A giant bomb now is owned by CBSI, but is highly successful. Has staff of like, what, I think 25 or something like that? and has a bunch of premium subscribers, and it's a very personality-driven site. They went right out of it. That was their goal, to be personality-driven. Because once you, you know that Jeff Gersman is an old grouch. Like, he's a, he's a jaded, bitter person, but also funny in many ways. And I can judge what he says based on that, you know? Because I know that about him. Because they made it clear. I don't know anything about any of these people. I So what they say is useless like well, it's basically I, just I a like box though, um and with regards to i don't know anything about these people i know that when riff came out years years ago when riff came out that there was a website it was a it was a big 
critic website. I don't think it was IGN though, but there was a person who reviewed it. And if you look them up, they absolutely hated MMOs. Like they just didn't like MMOs. And then they reviewed an MMO. And so automatically they start out with, I spent like three hours in the game and an hour and a half just messing around with the UI. And, and then they gave it a terrible score. And it was just one of those, like, why are you reviewing this then? You shouldn't be reviewing this. Someone else that perhaps likes MMOs or likes RPGs should be playing this instead. And I think that anonymity of saying, well, we're just not going to give you any information on any of our writers. So that way you can't be like, oh, well, you're obviously biased. Mm. Um, this is a terrible review. Even though, I mean, honestly, it would be great to know that when it's like, well, you obviously are going to hate this because you just don't like MMOs. The thing is, that's mm. useful. Right, there's, um, and it's, uh, that's another point that uh, Donkey made in the video. He was talking about the movie critic who is a complete fucking contrarian. Yeah. And yet, because we know that, that's actually useful. We can say, oh, he liked this, so it's probably shit, or something mm -hmm. that Total Biscuit would like. That sort of thing. That's good, yeah. that's useful. But anything that these guys put out is completely worthless to me, and it is homogenous. You don't get to argue that IGN is a collective of different people with different opinions and biases and personalities when you don't promote any of them in your reviews. Absolutely. You have fucked up in that respect in a big way. Yeah, we, um, I mean, we tend to rag on Kotaku for a few different reasons. There's a few but, reasons, but they do a but, hell of a better job when it comes to pushing their writers. They actually do a great job at establishing writers that people they see over do. and over again if you click yep. on their name you can see every article they've ever written um the and bio pages under every review every one of them when i go on there if i go down to the comment section i've more on more than a couple of occasions seen people like speak directly to the writer in regards to another article that they've written in the past. Like normally I really and love the articles that you write, polite. but you yeah. know, blah, blah, blah. Like, like it's a conversation because they know this writer. They've seen lots of stuff by yeah. this writer. So Kotaku does a really good job with that, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's, for, sense, though, that's more like going, going and watching, going and watching Total Biscuit, going to our streams and watching us play a game and seeing our reaction. You know what reaction. to expect when you come to all of us, because mm -hmm. you know, we're very open about our biases, personal preferences. I mean, for God's sake, you know, we're hundreds of episodes into the Co-Optional Podcast. You cannot have now avoided our personal preferences and biases because <laughs> we're talking about them all the time. Yeah. So when I tell you that Jurassic Park is worse than Jurassic World, you know oh, that it's right. You know that, <laughs> you know that I'm telling the I truth. I can't believe this garbage. <laughs> How God. dare you. <laughs> I mean, Those I, are the facts. I stopped watching or I stopped going to IGN and any game critic, honestly, uh, any game critic website, press website, I stopped going to years ago because I just I stopped taking them seriously because there was too much. There was too much trash in there. And I yeah. started going to to YouTubers and streamers to see what they are, especially streamers, because it's very like they're saying it in the moment. So if they're mm -hmm. like in a spot where they're genuinely pissed about a mechanic, or You'll know. design or something. They're yeah. ranting about it. Yeah. yeah. Dan is a good example of this. Dan's game. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's a great yeah. example. Not yeah. Banjo-Kazooie. What's the Crash Bandicoot playthrough? So. Well, that is a nasty, nasty game in many ways. It is <laughs> it's a tricky one. That, yeah, the, the thing is that 
it's not as if YouTubers are immune to bias or being sponsored or being paid off under the table. There, that bullshit happens. There's a lot of assumptions as to the idea that uh, like IGN gets paid under the table. There is no evidence of that occurring, but what there is absolutely evidence of is a quid pro quo relationship between those sites, publishers, and PR firms. IGN in particular runs a program called IGN First, which is a program where they get something first before everybody else. They get exclusive access. I mean, guess how they get that? Because it sure as hell ain't out of the respect of the publisher. Note those games that get on first, and then note what they end up being scored at the end, and note that they're all pretty much loved. Like, it is, it's... You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. It's not brown envelope under the table. It's not that obvious. It's more insidious than that. And the relationship, as we've seen time and again with huge examples, even all the way back to gaming magazines, when those two fucking magazines gave Driver 3, which was an unplayable, broken piece of shit, a really high score because there was an under-the-table review to do so, an agreement to do so with the publisher. So they could publish their stuff first. And then, don't get me started on the trad media people who are saying, we nobody rushes their reviews out. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you... Who so are you unbelievably untrue. That's bullshit. Yeah. Yes, we know that embargo ex exists for the purpose of trying to make sure that you don't, but here's the problem. Very few games do you get three or four weeks in advance with a generous embargo anymore. That doesn't fucking happen. Not only that, but the rate at which people are given those games isn't equal. It's not the same. No, people are not treated the same way. IGN usually gets like a copy of a game before other people do. They have more time. It's as simple as that. There are so many examples of where I've got my review copy 12 hours before embargo day. What am I supposed to do with that? Like these guys have had it for two weeks. I just got it 12 hours before. Don't fucking tell me there is not a rat race. Of course there is. Because in the majority of these circumstances, these sites are getting the lion's share of their views by beating other people to the punch. Yep. That's mm. the reality of it. That's how it works. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep beating the dead horse, but that's why I like streaming. They tried to do that with streamers. Hey, we'll give you this game early. You know, but just you can't say anything negative. You just you can't speak negative on it, and we'll, yeah, we'll pay you to play it. But you can't say anything negative. And every almost every streamer was like, no, like this is it, it's hard enough like yeah. to get out the negativity. But if I'm live and your game sucks, I can't edit that out. Like yeah, if that's happens and I'm mad. No, none of if we were good enough actors to pretend that we were <laughs> loving a game way more than we actually were, we wouldn't be working in this industry. <laughs> We'd yeah. be working in fucking Hollywood or whatever. It yeah. is so, so very hard to pretend. You can exaggerate, sure. Mm -hmm. You know, you can be a bit larger than life on it. You could put a positive spin on things. But if something fucking breaks in front of you, in front of an audience of 20,000 people, sugarcoating that is really, really hard to do. Whereas doing that in a 1,000 word written review that has all the personality of a fucking brick is easy. Really yeah. easy. Yeah, that's why, I don't know. I, I I agree with a lot of this video. I do think it's a little over the top because he, he seemed to even though he's focused on on very few actual like giant websites it, it's not every website it that, absolutely that is has not a... every website no 
Totally um, not. And people, again, should not misinterpret that big splash screen he did at the start as a condemnation of all those websites. It was actually a piss take of bullshit YouTube comments. So take yeah. that in context of what it is. Because some people are like, why would you insult Giant Bomb? Because they don't do that. And you're damn right they don't. Like, they're the fucking paragon of how you should do it right when it comes mm. to personality-driven fucking stuff. Senpai, please notice me. But yeah. outside of that, yeah, he, he is right on that. And he actually posted a response because there's been several articles because, of course, there has written about him up to this point. Thankfully, none of them has gone to the point of calling him a Nazi yet, so good on you for your restraint, Games Media. Good, good yeah, job, well, everybody. Well done, well done. Good job, Wall Street Journal. I mean, what? The, oh, but, uh, moving swiftly on. So he did a, <laughs> he did a little, little twit longer response uh, where he said, a lot of critics proved my point with pathetic responses. Yep. They did. They People losing their shit on Twitter and mewling and whining and crying. But yeah, there were some good articles on it. Uh, there are some quality writers in the field. He's made a few responses to some of the major points. If you make the effort, you can follow individual writers who appear on the big websites, several of these responses have claimed. And then he responds by saying, yeah, it's semi-true. Most people, when they see a review by IGN, they just go, okay, IGN, give it a seven. They don't bother to look at the name. And fucking rightfully so, he points out clicking on the author's name on uh, IGN is particularly worthless, which is what I pointed out in my twit longer on this subject a couple of days ago. And he's completely <laughs> right. Those bios are worthless. Following them on Twitter is a probably a more universal approach, but I wouldn't recommend it because goddamn, a lot of these people are tweeting 100 plus things a day and that's not acceptable. <laughs> uh, I, I should probably take that advice myself, actually. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, he actually praises Kotaku uh, by saying that they're formatted in, in a better way, where you give you a list of, like you pointed out, the previous writer's articles. Yep. Um, his, uh, next one. Game critics are consistently wrong. He wasn't actually trying to make that point, but I'm sure there are reviewers out there that just have terrible taste. Just a quick look at the highest rated games of all time on Metacritic gives you a pretty solid list of classics, but it also reveals a lame infatuation with the technical side of video games, he says. Uh, listing... Stuff like Perfect Dark, GoldenEye. You see, th this is a point where we can discuss, because I pretty much, I do disagree with them on this. Uh, it's like, GoldenEye, Half-Life 2, Little Big Planet. These games were hugely impressive when they were released, but are much less so today. Now that their technical innovations have been absorbed by everything else, you can look at the core design in a cleaner way. I think that's a really cool discussion topic. Talking about the idea that when something comes out that's like a technical marvel at the time, it's like, oh my god! Perfect scores, etc. And mm. then it doesn't age well. Like GoldenEye did has not aged well be no, fucking right. honest no it hasn't go and play it go and see it perfect dark hasn't slaps either. only yes chops <laughs> play play odd job infuriate odd job. odd job and bombs that's all you need um <sighs> there are... i actually kind of agree with them because i went back and played ocarina of time several times now and i'm like every time i get done i'm like dang i want to play again and final Fantasy seven those games where i'm like i don't care if the there are some are that perfect, transcend great there are some that transcend, and then there are some that are not. Um, I don't sort of really know where he's going with that, because, like, you can't really go and revisit something later on. I mean, Metacritic doesn't let you change your score ever, which is why right. Prey has a fucking four from IGN, because they had a rare save bug that almost nobody else had. Well, yeah. That got fixed, by the way, 12 hours before the review came out. Oops. But regardless of that, you can't go back and change your score, which, again, is another reason why Metacritic's junk and you shouldn't use it. But but they what do about... game company. I worked in the game industry business, and they do. I know they, they do all the time. PR and publishers put a huge amount of emphasis on it. Like exactly. until that stops happening, 
that's not going to be, you know, until users stop, just basically throw out the idea of scores completely is dumb, which they should, then, yeah, you've got, you've got to, the, the, the idea of, like, you know, giving a game a hugely high score at the time in the context of the time. I don't think mm -hmm. there's a way to avoid that. Like, you can deep dive on mechanics, and I like to do that. I focus on that. But I would think even, there's probably a few games that I've said were fucking incredible, and if I went back now, I'd have said they're actually a lot weaker than that. Because things move on. It's like you, uh, being impressed by that. the special effects in Jurassic Park, for you instance. And the anim But at the time, no, I'm actually being sincere this time, but at the time, those animatronics and special effects were impressive. Now they look dumb. Well, that's, that's I mean, that's oh, everything. Man, yeah. It's like going right. back and... Uh, watching whatever your favorite movie was that had special effects in it. Oh my God, go back, watch the first Mortal Kombat movie and tell me that isn't- Oh my God. Terrible. I mean, that wasn't but good at the, at the time, time, but no, it wasn't. <laughs> at the time, those special effects were like, I remember watching at Good Morning America where freaking like Al Roker was losing his shit over how amazing it looked at the time. And, that, and that's like, you can't go back and be like, well, now we have to score it something different because it doesn't stand up to today or anything like that. Like, you can't judge what tomorrow's visual effects or or whatever's gonna be like. It's impossible. So you you can't say that. You you can't even like use that ever. <sighs> I I'm reading through uh, game reviewers react to Donkey's video. <laughs> reading through yeah. this and the majority of them, just like in the reviews, shots fired, uh, miss the point. And they yes. don't, they don't get to, instead of saying it's, it's like the people who buy something off of Amazon and then they, it arrives and they give it a low score because they're like, the postman looked at me funny. Like, this is what they're doing. Oh, Dunkey hates me. That's why I hate this video. And it's like, he never, I don't <laughs> think he ever, besides a couple people like the, the, uh, the movie reviewer and whatnot, he didn't point out a lot of people very specifically. Um, except for to, to praise them or to say, hey, when this guy says something sucks, then you know it must really, really, really suck. Mm. Well, um, and stuff like that. This rem it reminds me a lot, and I feel like this is something that the internet in general does. Um, when people say you or you all or these guys, or they use like a general term to refer, refer to like one or two people, everyone associated with that is like, is he talking about me? Are you fucking kidding me? Is he... I'm a reviewer. You saying I suck, Dunky? And I feel like that's yeah. something that everyone online has an issue with all the time about being like, oh, well, I'm associated with that. So he clearly must be talking about me. And this is, it's like one of those, no, no. If the shoe don't fit, you don't got to wear it. Like, it's not about you. That's it's, a problem across the internet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's the huge response here was Dunky is like, specifically targeting people and then making a general statement. He's like, this is an issue we have. And then people are just like, did you see what he said about me? It's like, you weren't even in included in that. Yeah, but unless, unless you were quite the literally the person. They just talk about themselves and they're like, hey, awesome. he's obviously talking shit about me. And it's like, he was he was talking about reviews. Yeah. I mean, so. you, are, you are basically literally describing the concept of identity politics right there. You know, by mm -hmm. defining too many parts of your identity through these things, these products. It's the, mm -hmm. it's the idea of, you know, excessive fandom and fanaticism. And all that sort of thing. You make you make yourself so very vulnerable when you do that. Like you are literally putting a target on your back and saying, "Shoot me." Why right. would you ever? It's it's so completely counterproductive. Uh, but continuing sort of on with his response, it's like the scoring system is fucked. Pretty much every critic response has agreed with me here. 
except for one article which beautifully illustrates why it's bad it's like yeah the the paul the, sorry the paul tassi article was a steaming pile of shit like if, if you hand <laughs> if you handed that in uh, at law school my one of my fucking tutors would have laughed you out of the fucking office like it, it it's it's terrible like uh, if you're a video game writer and you're writing stuff that is that poorly argued you need to find another job but but Dude. the thing is like when they all say oh well, it's fucked then fix it change it then yeah why are you still doing it be the fucking change you like are complicit it. yeah but they're complicit in bad behavior yeah. they're so fucking terrified that by getting rid of a thing they know is bad that they might lose some ad revenue it, it's like when i turned well, off youtube comments for good that's it for them and then like, some people like oh i don't i don't i know youtube comments suck but i don't want to turn them off because i might lose some money fuck that I turned them fucking off and never looked back. I don't give a shit if I lost thousands, and I probably did lose thousands of dollars for doing that. I don't give a damn. It was the right fucking thing to do, and I'm a much happier person for it. That's called standing on principle and having some fucking spine. I think it should be, it shouldn't be a number or a letter or whatever. It should just be like, did you enjoy it? Or did you not enjoy it? Or did you like really enjoy it? Or did you hate it? And then it's like, oh, well, I just hated this game and and all of the things i said in my review sort of back that up and yeah. instead of just like i give this don't give things eight. numerical scores like it's it's uh, it's the pretense of objectivity right like when yeah. you if i see it if i go and buy something let's say i buy a piece of computer hardware i was like i would like 32 gigabytes of ram please and i look at the list and it's like this is 16 gigabytes of ram oh this has more ram this uh, i this is an objective standard Whenever you see those numbers, and yet, in this case, it's not an objective standard of fucking anything. And it's not consistent. It's useless. Fucking useless. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, fuck, you know, honestly, like, fuck the people who are like, yeah, we realize it's bad. Because you ain't changing it. You haven't done a thing. Fucking refuse to give it a score. Like, oh, well, we might, we might lose our job. Get everybody there to say we're not doing scores anymore. It's stupid. There are a few sites that did. Good on Eurogamer for doing that. They a couple of years ago they said scores are dumb and stopped doing it. Good on them. Kotaku doesn't do scores. Good on them. Well, and I think that goes back to what Pocket was saying. I think what we've said for a while is when it comes to a streamer or some most of the reviews that you see on YouTube, even for products, don't give scores. It's them like, here's what the product does. I've now used it. Thanks for watching. The score is the person watching being like, oh, that looked good or bad or shitty. And I'll make my own decision based on that. My, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's just, it's just a better, it's just a better, simpler format to allow a user to decide. It's, it, it works better. I feel like the scoring system is a, a TLDR for a lot of people. Too, too long didn't read. What's the score? Whereas I think they should just do pros, cons, final, final thoughts. Yeah. Summary. That perfect yeah it's, and you pointed mm -hmm. this out earlier it's not an effective tldr if it doesn't reflect the uh, reflect the content of the review correctly yep. yeah so it is it doesn't even serve that purpose either but then then the problem is is that people will always be like well you didn't explain that thoroughly or you didn't say this then like, say I more mean, right and then when you Do say a more, 95 like minute critique on mass effect andromeda then you want to explain everything just do that like, but nobody will watch it Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> yeah, because they all come to me because I'm better at it. <sighs> I need a fucking button that goes bip, 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 bip.
like that horn <laughs> thing. Yeah. Oh, and, there, and there are no good Sonic games, except for all the good Sonic None. games. I agree with that, though. <laughs> yeah. Good Sonic game. Yeah. There are some. Yeah, I don't. Uh... Sonic Two, that's a good game. It's better than Mario. Oh. Is it Mario Brothers? I heard 2? Andromeda is a seven out of ten. Thanks, IGN, for telling me. <laughs> you know, it's weird. I said this at like at the end of my ninety fucking minute video on that game. If I ever did give scores, which I never will, like Mass Effect Andromeda might be the most seven out of ten game to ever exist. Yeah, it's a it's a solid like. If you use the full scale, it's like yeah, mm. it's like good but flawed in lots of ways i i would give it a four if i if i were to rate it i was just like i'm done i i, I to be fair i played it right after i played mass effect 2 so i went in there oh with that may have not been a good hopes. idea that's like having mm -hmm. a really good steak and then chasing it with a big mac like that that's not gonna work <laughs> It's such a, it's like, here's the studio that made Mass Effect 2. Go play Andromeda right after. Game sucks. Yeah, End of I mean, story. It's not, the, it's not even the same guys anymore. Like, a lot of those guys moved on, and it's, it sort of shows. Um, but I, there was a lot of things that I liked about Andromeda that a lot of people did not, or did they were focused on different aspects of the game than I was. And But that's the thing, in it? Because I was able to explain that. And if you aren't able to explain why you liked something, you can't criticize you can't cr do critique. You can't be persuasive. You can't express an opinion. You gotta tell me why you think a thing. That's mm -hmm. that is literally the only thing that matters to me. You can have the stupidest opinion in the world, and if you back it up and explain it well, I'm gonna respect the hell out of that opinion, even though it's like that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like mm -hmm. the idea that Jurassic World is somehow worse than Jurassic Park. Dumbest idea. <laughs> Uh, wait, is uh, Jurassic World the new one that came out? Or yep, newish yep, one? Okay. Yeah. Okay. You can, tell me, you can tell me how Jurassic fucking wrong I am World, later. All I know is the guy, when the birds are coming out and killing everyone, he had to save his, his uh, not, what are they? What are they? Martinis. Well, uh, not, oh, that was the best. You had the guys like, martinis. Like, are you kidding me? Like the cost of a martini and theme park? That shit's expensive. Yeah, absolutely. He's gonna save them. Why would he not? They're like probably forty dollars each. <laughs> that left. That left. That, that's what I. One thing I walked out of there remembering is, hey, I cheered that guy during that <laughs> scene. It's like, yeah, you can serve money and be frugal. You paid for those martinis. You deserve to enjoy them, regardless of the circumstances. <laughs> All right. Okay, I think we're sort of wrapped up on that topic, and we've got about 15 minutes left for reviews. They have been cold. Thank you very much, Dodger, for doing the I honors. got rid of a ton. Jesus so. Christ, you did. Yeah, there was some bad stuff. I'm going to toss them your way, Jesse. Here we go. And I'm going to toss them your way, Pocket. Here we go on Skype. That's the release list. Going to load up Steam, and we are about ready to rock and roll. Dodger! Do the honors, okay. please. First one on July 11th, a.k.a. today. We have, um, I can't tell if it's supposed to be Hyper Run or Hype Run. Let's Hyper call it both. Yeah. Hyper Let's Run is what I'd A little bit of both. Um, but it's an arcade racer game. Inspired by F-Zero, Akira, Tron, and Tony Hawk's. Yeah, it's sort of a... By that, the, <laughs> the drifting in this is... Like, they just don't even bother to pretend, do they? Wow. That's mm. like, you instantly basically go sideways. This actually does look fun, though. 
Like the yeah. speed that you have to do this shit at. That's My this looks is, cool. Is it co-op? Uh, it is not, I don't think. Uh, just single player. Oh, okay. Looks um, cool. Next one. The next game is called A Quick Death. And it's a quick draw game. Oh, that oh. sounds fun. That sounds yeah. really fun. So it's two cowboys, <laughs> local multiplayer, timing and reflexes. So it's basically one to switch, but not $50. Right. Yeah. Uh, that actually does look a little bit fun. Uh, pro probably not something you'd like spend a lot of time playing, but, you know, something you'd maybe sit down for 20 minutes and have a play with a friend on. Like, nice and simple, but I, I like stuff that's sort of like sudden death. Right. Mm. All right, what do we get next? Next game is Insane Road. It's an endless runner oh. where you get to choose a weapon and a car, and then you're just trying not to have your car blow up, I guess. That, that reminds I me. What was the game? What was the game on the old system where you're in the car and you're just driving, and then you got to find the the semi on the highway and get in before everything kills you? Is that, was I, that spy, spy run? Know. Spy run? Oh, it's something like that. Oh, it reminds me of that, though. Uh, I used <laughs> Spy Hunter, is that Spy it? Hunter. Spy Hunter, oh, yeah, that's the one. I played yeah. that game so much. They did a remake of that. I don't think it was as good, though. But this guy <laughs> looks all right, and it's cheap, too. It's like it's a $3 it game. So, yeah. Um, next up is Survivor, which is a VR game where you're in a building and an earthquake is happening, and you're trying to escape the building. I feel like we had another Escape the Earthquake VR game a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? like earthquake simulator or something this is not the same it's i what i do like about this is it seems like it's a fairly short kind of vignette experience for seven dollars instead of 50 which is what a lot of these vr games price themselves at mm. you know it's not something like when you say survivor it's like i don't think of a game like that like vr sure trying to escape something sure but i don't think earthquake i think like like thrown onto a uh a, a, an island and running from things Mm -hmm. See, so you, you're being conditioned now by all these early access survival games to think oh, no, that that's the way it goes. Yeah, <laughs> it's, no, it's my fault. We need so we need a, we need a new good name for this genre now, and we're gonna have to come up with something. Um, the next game is I know TB is excited about this one. Fire Pro Wrestling Fire World. Fire Pro Wrestling World, yes, has it's ended early access. Fire Pro is a classic series of really good wrestling games. Shit ton of customization depth. You can make. Any like any wrestler that exists or any of you, I made um the I, I made the garbage man last night, Jesse. Great. The I made your wrestler. I made your wrestler from from that co-optional animated. It's actually it's really easy to do as well. Basically, it just uses a layer system. It's got sort of hundreds and hundreds of parts that you can put together and combine, so you can make anything. Perfect. And here's the thing: it's got Steam Workshop support, which means everyone's just making every wrestler and uploading them to Steam Workshop. So that shit's already there, like content-wise. So I'm really? pretty excited to see where this goes, because um, mm. the base gameplay is already very good. So, yeah, here's hoping. The next game is called Recession. It's some of that that asymmetric gameplay. Okay. It's a four v one cop versus robbers game. Hmm. I think this actually looks really fun, and the, I like the art style. That it seems like it doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Like Art's that. also a very basic kind of flat shaded, which is totally fine. Single cop and heavy armor versus four fairly vulnerable people. That's not too bad. I mean, that, that could be fun. 
I've seen those mm -hmm. weapon models in 5,000 different Unity games before, but... You know. But the thing is, I don't mind them using pre-made assets as long as they make something interesting with them, right? Mm -hmm. Which it seems like they have, so I'm okay with that. Yeah. Next up is called Mind Reflection. Um, it looks like a very minimal puzzle game. Yeah. I've heard of the Dev Drunken Apes before. I'm not sure what they made, but... Yeah, it's very... Very sort of basic puzzle game. Very cheap, too. Only $2. It's kind of interesting for those that like that kind of thing. Hmm. Final Fantasy Twelve Zodiac Age, which yep. we talked about. PlayStation 4 release only for that one right now. Mm -hmm. uh, next up is Fable Fortune. Oh, yeah. It's an Xbox One and PC release. Yeah, it's the Fable card game, on mm. which seemed like a terrible idea because it kind of is, but I do love the aesthetic of it. Like, yeah. the, it's... Got the little standees, sort of everyone's like a like a, te a training dummy yeah. on, as a character. So like, if it keeps this kind of sense of humor of Fable and puts some interesting ideas in it, it could do all right. It's obviously entering an extremely competitive market. It does have a, you can, oh, cool. There's a co-op mode where you can fight bosses together. Oh, that's cool. That's I'm in. Cool. Yeah. I've been wanting one of those. Are, that was the best. Uh, did any of you play the old World of Warcraft trading card game, Bostex, where mm -mm. four of you played against like Molten Core and shit? And oh, cool. Onyxia. It's super cool. That's on Tabletop Sim. We could do that. I can set that up for us like next week. We'll that's play cool. it. We'll, we'll do yeah, a raid yeah. boss. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's do Molten Core. It'll be great. I'm really <laughs> glad they're focusing on that kind of gameplay, though, because that mm -hmm. is a lot of fun to play. Next up is Black the Fall, which is a new Square Enix game. Um, I've actually, I played the the like beta release of this game. What did you reckon? It's, like, it's good. It's very inside feeling if anybody okay. played inside and liked yeah. it. Um, it's, you know, oh, it entirely too, yeah. 2D for the character that you control. And it's a Romanian game that's inspired by communist Romania. And uh, yeah, amazing. it's... It's good. Yeah, I played like two and a half hours of it. And then the copy that I had was like, that's as much as you get to play until it's released. And I was like, no. Well, at least so, we know the game's longer than two and a half hours. So yeah, that's a you thing. do know that. Yeah. So yeah, looks I enjoyed it. Um, next up is called Leap of Fate. Ah, yes. Uh, PS4 release for a pretty cool cyberpunk roguelite, which is really mm -hmm. fast. Uh, this is on almost every format now, but I played, it, I played a bit of this when it first came out last year on pc and i did enjoy it like if you're looking for a more action focused sort of twin stick roguelite experience that's cyberpunk this is pretty cool mm. so yeah that might be a good choice if you don't own a pc ps4 release for this will be pretty cool too uh next up is moto gp 17 mm. i honestly don't know why i left that on there but there you go uh, motocross game <laughs> came out last month on PC to mixed reviews as I think every MotoGP game ever has. Like, yeah. stop pretending, just give us a new road rash, please. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, next up is Mr. Pumpkin Adventure, which is a game that came out on the 1st of July, but now it's being released on the Vita. Vita games, um, yeah, so rare and so few and far between. I know. So we got another point and click, another point and click puzzle game on the Vita, my dudes. Yep. Got a I After get a little bit of a ma sort of Macanarium vibe from this. In terms of the Same. art style. More colorful. It reminds me of the Stinky Cheese Man. The what? The Stinky Cheese Man. Does what anyone is, know what I'm no. talking about? The I didn't, what man. is that? What is that? Oh, it's a book. It's a yeah, book. Oh, why am I? Oh, as a kid. It was... <laughs> 
Um, the stinky cheese man, fairy, fairly stupid tales. And the, yeah. And the, it's so, it's, oh man, it's so good. It reminds me of that kind of the art style. So anyway, sorry. <laughs> I've learned something new today. Yeah. I got so excited. <laughs> uh, what next? Next up is Serial Cleaner coming out for PS4, which we've looked at before yeah. on this show, um, yeah. as, where, as well as Warlocks versus Shadows coming out on PS4. But that looks like it was just a very mediocre game. Came out in 2015. Yeah, I believe it was, yeah. Um, July 12th, we have Iron Cryptical. That is an interesting name for a thing, isn't it? Yeah. Arcade Twin Stick Dungeon Shooter with RPG elements for one to four players. Sounds interesting. Ooh. Looks like it has online multiplayer as well as local. Also looks like um, it's got a bit of a sense of humor because in that pile yeah. of treasure, I love the art style. This is a nice cool 16-bit style thing. In the mm -hmm. treasure, there was a giant piece of cheese, I noticed. This looks nice. This is a big gauntlet. I'm getting gauntlet vibe from this. Mm -hmm. Like the old gauntlet rather than the remake. Cool. Uh, next up is The End is Nigh, which looks like it spans lots of different art styles, but it's all platformer. Um, so, like, the first screenshots that you see are kind of that, like, dirty, grungy platformer look that a lot of people are going for, but then ah. it goes very retro. Uh, yeah, it's Ed, Ed, Ed McMillan, who was, what, one of the Meat Boy devs, I think? And yeah, he Tyler... made my Binding of Isaac, and, oh, yeah. Yeah, Tyler, Tyler Lyle, who did what the hell was the name of that one where you had to use the light as a platformer and it was otherwise really dark and evil i honestly can't quite remember what it was called sure. um yeah because he was also part of the basement collection as well uh, which was those little half finished games mm. do you remember that collection i i have unfortunately forgotten the name of that game i i have a video of it on my channel it was years ago like it was like 2012 i can't remember but yeah this is definitely interesting for those of you who are meat boy fans and all that sort of thing yeah and it looks like some but... weird meta aspect to it as well uh, always <laughs> always with those guys yeah uh july 13th we have slash it ultimate which is a rhythm game okay slash it ultimate Play the rhythm of the song through various game modes compete with other players. Those are always relatively popular. Yeah. Hmm. Uh the 2048, which is basically the like number game app. Oh, the, but, 20, like... the junk 2048 game. But yeah. is it it what was it? Why is this on the list then? Is it they did something different? It looks like they've maybe changed. They like changed the layout of it. Like it looks, I don't know. It just looked interesting the way that they had it laid out yeah they've got one sort of from an isometric perspective and kind of different types i guess but i'm mm -hmm. not sure why you'd ever pay for version 2048 when there's hundreds of free ones uh the next one is looks bonkers and i can't wait to play it it's called lupus in fabula <laughs> an adventure game with light puzzle elements set in the medieval and renaissance world Look Dude. at those fucking screenshots, dude. It is bizarre. Like what this is the fuck? like you're going through is Renaissance this? paintings, I guess. Is that what this is? Yeah, and there's a there's a weasel, I think, and uh, someone's painting in a full suit of plate armor, and as a ghost, I. Yeah, this you're right. This game. is nuts. This is a game that is a stream game to be like, what are we playing? Yeah. Caught in the yeah. Flemish Renaissance. Mm -hmm. Oh my. 
It's good shit. Looks like yeah. good shit. All right. Uh, next up is Dream Daddy, which I think a yeah, lot of people are looking this. forward oh, to. Oh, yes, the dad dating simulator. Yes, a, mm -hmm. a dad dating simulator. That's crazy. <laughs> Seven yep. dateable dads. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, made that. Awesome. <laughs> Winku. Next up is All You Can Eat, which is a game that is a point and click, but it takes place entirely in like comic strip form. Interesting. Oh, yeah. I'll see that. Huh. Kind of neat. Ooh, I like the name of the next one. Metal as fuck. Metal as fuck. PHUK. Yeah, I just like the name. Comedy RPG. Oh, oh dear. Okay, maybe it's probably not going to be as good maybe as I'd hoped. Uh, this almost looks like an RPG maker game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'm disappointed. You almost had him, game. Almost... <laughs> nearly, wah, nearly. Wah. Um, and after that is Bit Dungeon Plus coming out for 3DS, which came out here March of last year. Not oh, well um, liked that one. Yeah, not reviews. Not very yeah. well liked. Very so, true. I mean, it does look like a lot of other games let's be honest yeah moving on to july 14th we have tower of time oh time like an isometric rpg yeah classic cool. Ooh, oh this yeah. looks really cool actually yeah that was a lot more impressive looking than i expected yeah oh. isn't it is early access which is a bit of a shame so maybe i'll wait for it to come out but there's some seriously nice environments in that yeah Next up is called Dead of Night. And uh, this art style is very much up my alley. Maybe not as much for y'all, but <laughs> it's just, it's like a little game as your little vampire, I think. Yeah. It reminds me of the um, art style of McPixel, Jesse. Mm -hmm. I'm getting yeah, that vibe that from it. that old school vibe. Mm. And then after that is Golem Creation Kit. Yo, this looks good, actually. I the art in this looks fantastic i think yeah race against the clock to defeat angry mobs that want to burn you out grab virtually anything and turn them into golems Hell Fuck yeah. yes i love it absolutely <laughs> i can make a fucking spoon golem and murder the townsfolk with it yes i want to make a musical note golem someone that just made a disco great. ball golem <laughs> yes i Looks right great. i want it right now what a great idea yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, moving next on. Next up, next up is called Mr. Blaster. Higher level Test strategic space playing skills. Oh Aimed to conquer and the universe. Conquer the universe. With ragdoll physics for some reason. Uh, strategic playing skills and shooting precision. It's got a nice trailer. Got a really nice trailer. Give that. I'm not exactly sure what you do exactly, but I like the trailer, so I might check it out. Next up is called Soul Slayer. Uh, don't be and bad. Don't be bad. Don't be bad. You know it's you know it's anime bullshit. You know it is. What the fuck is this game? It what is, is but the art is beautiful. Oh, th this is the one where I was like, the art looks so good. Yeah. First episode of a visual novel. Um, it's uh, Chinese setting, by the looks of it. It does Whoa. have good art. Yes. Mm. One of many many visual novels that are Let coming. Me scroll out down, and, uh, see if there's an adult days. patch. There, <laughs> uh -huh. course, pass. Where yeah. everyone's naked forever. Moving on to July 15th, we have Wizhood. Huh. W-I-Z 
H-O-O-D. You cannot leave this uncertainty that the Cruel King Fork has done against us. Okay, someone needs a translator. We should kill Fork with the help of the Underground King, is the description. Of course. Naturally, hey. who else? Uh, yeah. You know, the what, Underground King. What, 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 <laughs> some of these cutscenes art is questionable at best. It looks like a very basic kind of platformer. Yes. The Underground um, Wait, why the fuck? Okay, ignore the next game. Okay. What? Sounds good. Ignore the next game. Okay. Uh... Which was this one? Whip the vote. There's a Congress yeah, inspired by Congress House of Cards simulator. Where you play oh, the whip gosh. for the Democratic Party. I mean, that sounds extremely fun if done right and extremely boring if done wrong. Yeah. I will I just try like the, I just like the way it looks. Oh, that sounds terrible to stream, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Imagine it could be the Twitch chat on that. Oh, the, the Twitch chat would lose their shit oh, on man. something political. Why would you yeah. vote that person? <laughs> Oh, yeah, God. that does sound like an accident waiting to happen. I yeah. will admit. If you are a Twitch streamer that twitches this, you are a braver man than I. I'll give you that. Yes. All right, moving on. Next game is called Genetic Cognito. Huh. It's, it's a little side scroller. It is that. Mm-hmm. Yep. It sure is. Sure then, is a, July... a bit retro style <laughs> platform, but thank you for that one, Dodger. Yep. July 17th, we've got Glass Winged Ascension. What? Cyberpunk thing. Mm-hmm. Of some sort. Mm-hmm. It's a cyberpunk stealth game, I think, by the looks of it. Oh, this looks um this gave me a bit of a flashback vibe or another world. Uh this looks pretty good actually. Yeah. Animation's a bit jank. Could do a bit more work with that, but yeah, it looks alright. Game after that is called the Overdreamer. Side scrolling horror game. Combine various items. Com combinate. That doesn't sound like a real word. But combinate the items. Yes. Combinate them. Combinate. I really do hope the frame rate is better than the trailer indicates because it's running about <laughs> three frames a second by the looks of it. It's like Ugh. not great. And, and then the final game is called Hockey Space. Hockey Space. Fast button-based low rule, whatever that means, local multiplayer hockey game. Shame that that's look too bad. Yeah, it looks kind of yeah. fun. That's the kind of thing an old lion would like to play. You know, he is Canadian, so I must define him by the national pastime. <laughs> Got him. Yeah. Damn them and their pocky. Yeah, that'll teach him to be nice and yeah. apologize. Got him. Asshole. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have online multiplayer, though, which is, again, is a bit of a shame. Is there nothing coming out for Switch this week? There's not a single Switch game on that list. Mm. Uh, let's find out. Let's just double check that it hasn't been missed in the list. That's new Switch releases. Yeah, these are all out. Is there nothing coming out this week? Huh. Not, not even a Neo Geo port. Going to coming soon. Uh, actually, there are. No. Uh, there, yeah, there, there are a few games we somehow missed. I don't know why they weren't on the list. Uh, but Death Squared's coming to Nintendo Switch on the 13th, which is uh, already on Steam. Uh, the 3DS is also getting Curse Castella and Ash Divine Cross. Uh, that, I think, is it. Yeah, so, so there there are a couple. There's like one Switch release this week, and of course there's the Splatoon two test fire thing coming this week as well, I believe. It's mm. the demo download, the first one. And then it's claiming does Splatoon two actually come out on the twenty first? Is it coming out that early? I don't know. Because that's that's like in a week and a half. Uh, July the twenty first apparently is when Splatoon two comes out. Huh, that's clo that's closer than I thought. All right. Cool. 
Well, that's pretty much about it, folks. Thank you very much for watching the Cooptional Podcast. And a big thanks to our sponsor, Audible. Head on over to audible.com slash cynical to pick up your free audio book. We have many recommendations for you. Some great stuff. Big thanks, of course, to our guest, Pocket, for joining us on the show yeah, today. Yeah, you're a great guest. Tell Thank us where we can find your stuff and what is coming up for you over the course of the week. What can people expect? Well, you can find me at Pocket on Twitter, P-O-K-K-E-T, and then twitch.tv slash Pocket, Tuesday through Sunday, most days. And what do I have coming up? Uh, Final Fantasy twelve after some Bloodborne, pretty much. I'm really excited about getting into Bloodborne again. I'm excited and terrified, so... And that's the best way to be, you know, both of those <laughs> things at the same time. Exactly. And then, I guess, once a week I do cosplay as well. I work on... I craft, uh, as you can see here, I craft armor on my stream. Cool. So I'll be doing that on Friday. So that's about it. And I might do an indie... Thanks to you guys, I might be inspired to do indie games. Yeah, uh, there's, a, one there's a, a few. Week. There's a few interesting ones that are oh, worthy, a, worthy of attention. Quite a few. Yeah, no oh. doubt about that. Always good to be able to give those a little bit of a time in the sun. I, if I recall correctly, is Nebula? You do Nebula Jazz? Yeah, you and and Adam. So do Nebula Jazz. So I role play. That's usually on Saturdays, but the schedule changes depending on people's people's schedule so it's a lot of fun i love i love doing role play and i didn't really get into it until jp stream so very cool i'm excited so thank you guys for having me on again of course absolute pleasure yeah. jesse what you got coming up this week what's going on yo everybody uh a lot of stuff is gonna happen in preparation for evo this weekend so a lot of fun stuff coming up on the channel um we're gonna do some more uh cox tease episodes and of course today immediately after this podcast an episode coming up on the channel of Sips and I hunting down Adolf Hitler in Sniper Elite 4, the challenge, who's the first person to shoot Hitler in the what ball? What did he ever do to you? That is the objective. Whoever shoots Hitler in the balls first wins. Tune in to find out who the nails race. him in the groin. Dodger, what you got coming up this week? What's going on? Uh, finally getting news started up again. Um, a new box talk on YouTube and just streaming a bunch. So if you would like to come and hang out, I would love it. And I'll be streaming some Final Fantasy 14 after this in like 15 or 20 minutes. And um, yeah, got cool. MangaPod tonight. We read Grand Blue and it's fucking hilarious and you should all read it. Great. That's it. Cool. Uh, myself, probably not a lot coming up this week. I, If I can get it done before next treatment, unfortunately I got another bullshit treatment this week, but whatever, I'll be back on my feet soon enough. If I can get my anti-hero video done by then, that would be great. If not, uh, do bear in mind I did stream it uh, for a good couple of hours. So if you are a subscriber to the Twitch chat, that VOD is available for you to see right now. If not, I do give permission to people to upload my non-cooptional VODs. And there's a channel that pretty much does all of them. It's a Total Biscuit unofficial stream channel. So you can go watch me play two hours of anti-hero there and uh, make various silly Land in Tan Gavner voices. If you would like more Land in Tan Gavner voices... Co-optional Lounge Sheriff of Nottingham episode is currently on the channel right now. <laughs> there are some of the worst accents that you have ever heard in your life as myself, Oof. Crendor, Cry, and Nerdcubed play a game about smuggling chickens and contraband goods into Nottingham past the sheriff. It was a fucking riot. The VOD is cut and available on stream right now. And as regards to Co-optional Lounge, we want to be doing that more regularly again. So you can expect it, hopefully, on a more regular basis now, because board games are awesome, and we want to play a lot yeah. more of them. So that's something that will be happening. Pretty oh. sure that's it. Yep. 
pretty sure we're done, folks. Thank you very much for watching the Co-Optional Podcast. Next week's guest will be, after I think several years of absence, we will be, and I'm just going to double-check I've got the right person here because it would be highly embarrassing if I didn't, we will be joined by Mr. Peanut Butter Gamer on the 18th <gasps> of June. PBG oh, is back. He is a heartthrob. I after learned I, that this weekend. After the a very long hiatus, he has lustrous hair indeed the most lustrous of hairs that i can say he'll be on the show on the 18th we've got some really good guests actually booked over the next month or so some old favorites and some new arrivals so just keep an eye out for some announcements i'll let you know what's going on with that close to the time big thanks again for watching and your support we're gone. This has been the Corruptional Podcast. Thank you very much for watching. Scores are still bullshit. Jurassic World's still better than Jurassic Park. See you next time. No! Goodbye. No!